Tommy, how are you this evening? Some of the content of Patriots Unfiltered may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Patriots Unfiltered. Patriots Unfiltered. All right, welcome in to Patriots Unfiltered. Wake up, Deuce. Let's give us a call, 855 855- what? Web Radio. <laughs> Red, Red Web Radio, radio at Patriots.com. The book encyclopedic encyclopedic <laughs> knowledge of the game. Were you seeing Red? Were you disagreeing with his, with his hot take? You were disagreeing with everything? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to mansplain but, basketball to this kid, but. Move into the strengths. Let's look at the totality. Totality? Totality. 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 Made that up. Not really. Is that a word? It's not <laughs> really a word. word. It's not made up. <laughs> yeah. But, uh. Now go ahead. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead, Paulie. No, I was just going to say. No, that wasn't me. Working <laughs> blue there with a little I didn't, uh, under your breath. Uh, Did I enter my best? Sounded breath? like an F-bomb to me. No. I'm having trouble trusting again. After last year. <laughs> His last relationship. He's having trouble trusting. <laughs> oh, man. I got to take red eyes more often. This is uh, hopefully entertaining. This is Patriots Unfiltered. Fueled by Duncan. Patriots Unfiltered. All right. Welcome to Patriots Unfiltered. It is Tuesday here at Gillette Stadium. And we're back at a regular time after a week with joint practices in Vegas and all that stuff and a preseason game, which we want to put behind us, I think, for the most part, you know, except for maybe a few plays. Uh, but we got a lot to talk about. Yeah, I didn't realize Deuce was uh, quite that far off the rails yeah. as it was going on. I, yeah. I mean, I, I do specifically remember the, the F-bomb. Well, when you put knows. it all together. The Alex totality. and I just looked at each other in absolute horror, well, but... Uh, uh, you had a lot of other moments. He was too. working on fumes. Yeah. Oh, he was. The totality of it. Is that the word? That yes. Was, yeah. And I really appreciated that he came in because. Oh, it was fun. You know, I, and as I said at the end of the show, Alex and, and Deuce came in. Otherwise, it would have been one of those two-hour uh, solo right. solo ventures. Paul, that wouldn't have been fun. We've been there before. Paul Correct. <laughs> what do you think, Matt? A lot, of, a lot of throwing it to Matt in the booth. It, what it's amazing. I don't get to talk as much when it's a solo show because I have no one to argue with. <laughs> anyway, today is cut-down day. By 4 o'clock, teams have to reduce their rosters down to 53. Um, there's always already been a report that Devin Asiasi, Yep. Yes, uh, Mike Giardi and Mike Reese has uh, had a both, visit uh, by the Turk. That. Yeah, I saw some speculation that maybe they're getting it out early to try to get a trade candidate. I don't know anybody who's seen Devin Asiasi play and feels the desire to trade for him right now. But, I mean, it's a disappointing it's a disappointing cap on him and Dalton Keene, the, the two third-round third, end, third round tight ends from 2020. You knew, you know, Gronk had left. That position was just a total black hole that season uh, before. So it's it's – Disappointing, and that's why they had to go out and get Hunter Henry and John Smith last year. So hopefully they're better yep. this year. Uh, so obviously that's not going to happen while we're on air. There, there might be you know one or two reports of additional guys, but that comes at four o'clock. Usually we don't actually put that release out until a little later. We're notoriously <laughs> slow with that. So maybe. why do you think that is, Fred? We were talking about that this morning. Um, I just think that they want to make sure that all the players are talked to before they read it anywhere else. And I think it. No, and honestly, oh, you cut a guy by telling him. Well, I know, but they're doing it right up to the end, and then they get the release written, and then they they. Yeah, put I it think out. Th- I think there is. Um, I mean, you might be right. Yeah. I, I I think that they like to. I I think that that Bill feels like if the longer they put it off, the less time other teams have to see your list of cuts. You know, for anybody that you might want to bring to the practice squad, maybe if that's like point. 
zero 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 one percent less chance that yeah. one of your guys gets seen on the on the wire as being really I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't make much sense to me. Yeah. Real, to be honest. But I mean it's it's a media thing. Yeah. And I know that people want to know who who made it, who didn't. I think in general terms there's always a surprise or two, but nothing earth shattering. It's not like Mac Jones is gonna get uh right. you know, released. Yeah, that's like the, the like the Sean Wade's of the world. Like, yeah. is somebody going to grab Sean Terrence Wade Mitchell, Sean Wade. Terrence Mitchell. They could both make it. They could both get cut. Probably be one one staying, one go. I, you know, who knows? There could be anything. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up because I wasn't on the post game show. Um, yeah, we missed you. Yeah, and I'm not being sarcastic. But, we missed but, you. But there was something that Bill said in his post game press conference that I don't think he's ever said before, and it kind of struck me. You know. Obviously, it was not a good game, and he said that. You know, it wasn't our best football. He did. But he also said that maybe we left it all on the practice field, and he's never said anything like that before. And to me, that's a good and bad thing. Obviously, you want to be ready for a game, even if it's a preseason game. But it's a good thing that he felt good enough about probably that Wednesday practice that he said that, that maybe we left it, you know, so – he he liked that Wednesday practice, and you know I don't want to make excuses for the team, but you know you're out there since Sunday for a Friday game. You're, you're practicing in over a hundred degree heat for four days, including the walkthrough. I, I'll bet you they were a little burned out. And even that walkthrough was more than a walkthrough. I mean, that first day that we were there on Monday, it was I mean not like a full practice, but it was more significant I think than anybody yeah. expected. You know, I, I mean, I thought it was good. I, I, it's hard to say exactly what it was because you could only see so much there. You know, like we, I'm going to tattle on you. Mike gave a stink face when he heard that comment. Well, they, I thought it was fine. You know, I thought like they had nice finishes the two days, but overall it was, you know, more of the same. It was sporadic. You know, they had a lot of 11 on 11 periods and you'd see one or two plays per 11 on 11 period. Usually it's about six reps and then you'd have four or five that weren't so hot. So I'm sure that he's looking at everything, the drills, the one-on-ones, stuff that we weren't even seeing and, and thinking of that as, as the, the, you know, all of the work that they did. But, you know, it's just, it was, it was a little bit disappointing. I just thought with Trent Brown, even like, I'm ready to go home. Like, how often do you hear a player saying that like the day before a game? Like, I mean, he kind of played like it too. So yeah. I, it's, uh, it, it was not a great end for sure. And and we I, talked to, um, Help me out, Deuce, the Raiders guy. Vinny Bonsignore. Yeah, Bonsignore. Vinny Good Guy. You have to go like this when you say Vinny Good Guy. Yes. uh, Fred thought his name was Good Guy. Um, Signore. Bonsignore. He he thought it was uh, – he he reported that the Raiders also felt that Wednesday practice was a good practice for them too. Oh, that's fine. No, but I'm just saying, like, to Mike's point, I don't think the Patriots, like, had the better of play. I think both teams sort of felt like they got some good work right. in. Right, and I think that's yeah. what Bill meant. Like, they worked hard. I think, wasn't Wednesday, like, two and a half hours? Yeah, or now I'll say it this. To, to your point about the heat and, and whatnot, um, you can look at that as a good and bad thing, too, because now they're going to go to Miami and spend a week there. You know, I hope they're not burnt out by Sunday. Well, uh, it's one thing to spend a week in a place and the payoff is a preseason game and the other is a game that counts. Well, for your, to your uh, line of thought, Freddie, it was a long two-and-a-half-hour practice to which the Patriots' first-teamers uh, presumably got most of the action at that practice on the Wednesday, right? Yep, for sure. Then they turned around and played on Friday, not against the Raiders' first team. Right. Against the Raiders' second and third team. And I know you're looking at it like, what is Perlow talking about? Why is he accentuating the fact that it was against backups? Well, the backups weren't put through that two-and-a-half-hour practice for the most part. Yeah. So maybe they were a little fresher than you were. I, I, again, I'm— 
you know, it's Patriots.com. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, no, it could be. I'm trying. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was a long two days of, of, of work. I mean, with the Raiders. So I get it. And I also just feel like Vegas generally is exhausting. Just yeah. Being just there, looking like, at it. Having got there Sunday. I mean, I, I felt Trent Brown's tweet. I didn't have to play a game and stay there, but I was I was so ready to get out of there just the oppressive heat it's like you're all, you're, you're either freezing in air conditioning yeah. or sweating your ass off outside right not fun yeah the ac there is like it's not normal ac it's like refrigerator it ac it's or I mean, it just feels that way you know you just look out at the city and it's like every single one of these buildings is cranking ac 24 7 right, you right. Know? but it was uh yeah, I couldn't get like I couldn't find a happy medium. I was either in my hotel freezing with like the air conditioning blowing, or you know, or outside just absolutely drenched in sweat. So, yeah, I mean, I guess it's a good for them when they get back there, and you know, you have some familiarity with with everything and where it is and all that kind of stuff. But I understand you guys saw Josh on the way out too. He stopped and yeah. Said, oh, as a matter out. of fact, I was walking out with Bob Sosi and um, who else were Evan? I think was and there. Evan, and uh, this is post game probably an hour after all the press conferences were done and this car pulls up to us and it's Josh and he says hey guys you know just want to you know say hello and yeah. it's like I, you know it was nice of him and yeah. a little different than the last time uh, he beat us but um <laughs> you know I, I said nice joint you got here and he goes yeah it's a lot of fun <laughs> you know it is cool it is cool I mean uh that was beautiful. Bill said everything there was to say about it, I guess. But yeah, for the media, not quite as friendly. We, had, we were trying to like get through all kinds of locked doors. And, yeah. Hey, you got to close those doors. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys the whole time. Um, but it was, uh, it was cool. I just, I wonder how they balance practicing in that heat, and then like after practice, we would go and do the interviews inside their their bubble. And it was like so cold in there and so nice, and we'd all just like collapse. And I can only imagine the players like. All right, we're going to be inside today, guys. Like, how do you balance, like, when you're outside? I mean, and especially if they're practicing now in August where it's, yeah. like, it's as hot as it well, gets. Well, plus like, you play inside. It's yeah. like going from the sauna to the cold shower after. It's actually supposed to be really good for you. I wonder if yeah. I mean, That was Raekwon McMillan after every practice. He couldn't get in that pool fast enough. I mean, it was yeah. right there. Yeah. Uh, the stadium itself is beautiful, um, really nice on the outside. Um, I think it's, you know, a lot of these stadiums don't have a lot of character. I think this one does. It has a lot of character on the outside. The inside, though, is pretty normal. Yeah. It's, you know, it's an indoor stadium. I think one of the nice features is it's grass inside, and they take that grass out and water it and all that stuff. But, um, you know, the inside stadium, it's it's fine. It's nothing special. It's not like Dallas where it's got the big screen or SoFi Stadium. I'm sure the club areas are really nice and everything. But, the you know, the, the general bowl and field area is just a normal stadium. So they do the same thing on a thing as they do in Arizona where, they, like, the grass just yep. goes out? Yeah. Because it was kind of— You didn't listen to the broadcast, huh? No, no. I was—I was, okay. had somebody well, talking. They went on and on about oh, that. Okay. Yeah. So, but, but the grass looked kind of icky. It was a very thin. Yeah. Very you know, thin, and there were patches where it was, you know— non-existent that's the first thing i thought of when ty montgomery went down was like you know was this some kind of turf issue but it seemed like he just got rolled up on yeah and he was not out there yesterday so i think that's i don't know but yesterday everyone started going off a of bill talking about what well, we'll see as if that was a positive report i told the paul i'm like paul i'm not buying this like positive report thing on it seems like semantics right now he wasn't you know people i think were almost expecting he was going to be out there well oh, the montgomery thing yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I, we both came in and, um, you know, because Bill did his EEI hit at like 6, like a little after 6. It was very early. So when I woke up, I'm seeing on Twitter something along the lines of Bill said, we haven't practiced yet this week. We'll see what happens, see what he's able to do or something like that. We'll see what how, you know. By the time 
you know, I also thought when I heard the, the quote off radio, it was less optimistic than it was written in the tweets. Then when we talked to Bill around, what, 1230-ish um, before practice, he was asked flat out if he had an update, and he said no, which told me that they got here and realized, yeah, yeah, he's not. He's, we're not going to have to see at practice. He's not practicing. Yeah. Um, so I got to think he's going to miss at least miss a little time. No. Oh, for sure. Like yeah. I don't know for sure that he'll have to start on IR. I don't know what's I don't the know injury. If, I don't know if you'll have to. Wi- uh, you have to miss four weeks. What is the injury? Yeah. It could ankle. be anywhere, some kind of ankle. What, like right high ankle, ankle low ankle, middle ankle, bro- it could be broken lower twist, leg, broken fracture. Foot. Yeah, like what is it? It's a wide range no, but, of, of but things. I, I'm just saying if he can't practice, like, I, I don't know. I, I, I would be surprised if he was available week one. That's all. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised either way. Yeah, so, I would. Yeah. I don't know. I just think he got carted off. I don't think usually guys get carted off. In you a, know my theory. Also putting no weight yeah. at like when Damian and the other players are helping him off. He, like his every toe pl- would touch. Yeah. Every player on the bench came over and patted yeah. him as he was getting carted oh. off. Oh, you know my theory there. Yeah, the pat on the head. Yeah, it's it's too. If, much. if you can play a day a week later, get up. <laughs> well, I think it's basketball, soccer, and football. The new thing now. It's always been in soccer, but like just you know. Every injury is life-ending. Oh, yeah. It's oh, that's not football. The drama. Oh, I think <laughs> that's it's, not football. It's becoming that way. Football's the opposite, like yeah. Ty Law. <laughs> you know, he had that injury. No, no, but that was years like, ago. I, I got myself now. off the field. Uh-oh. Then I called for the card underneath the stands. Yeah. No, now it's different now, these guys. It's, it's, you accentuate it. Football yeah. does not have people milking injuries like that. Uh, depending on the guy. Soccer, yes. But it was good Sorry. news, though, uh, hey, I'm with that you. Harris, Harris was around and spoke yesterday, though. There was some question about his concern. I mean, I was wondering if we were going into week one with just Ramondre Stevenson healthy. So, Well, Sony Michelle's out there. Yeah, Sony Michelle is out there, Fred. You can finally, uh, we can finally bring, bring him, him back. back. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, bring him back. Paul's gearing up. Michelle. Uh, you know, we let yeah. you spread your wings, Sony. Now come back. Yeah, it's just tough. He'd, he'd be looking for his fourth team in his five years in the league. Yeah, it's a, it's a stud. I still don't feel like we know what we have in, in Stronger Harris. And Harris put the ball on the ground a couple times I in know. the game. JJ Taylor's had problems putting the ball on the on the ground too. So you know, what does it look like week one with receiving back? I mean, does maybe maybe it gives Stevenson a chance to kind of play a more extensive role? Perhaps? I think he's your best all around back right now. I don't know about blitz pickup, you know, blocking, but in terms of Passing and catching and running. I mean, not passing. Catching and running. <laughs> maybe I, he I can throw, maybe, too. I knew what you meant, though. I knew yeah. you meant. Um, he, uh, I think he's your best all-around back. I, I like him better than Harris, but I have no issues with Harris. Either. No. I think Harris is a good, solid back. I think we've got no. a good room. Good. Yeah. Those are two. That's a good one-two punch. If they're yeah. both ready to go, they'll be, they'll be okay. They'll both play. Until Montgomery gets back. Yeah. You know, it's just how does it affect things? I mean, last year you always – going back, you always had White as kind of the third down guy. It was so obvious when he would come in. And, you know, now maybe it will – in one of those weird ways of injuries kind of forcing you to change a little bit, it will, you know, allow them to not be as predictable. They're going to have to work somebody else in unless it's J.J. Taylor. But as much as I, you know, have hopes for Montgomery, um, you know, based on his versatility, so far in preseason it's only been a rumor. Like, I haven't seen anything in a game or, pro- like, the, oh, okay, he can do it, you know? Yeah. M- Montgomery? Yeah. 
Well, we, I mean, I think we've seen him. Places. We've seen him as a runner and a receiver. Oh, I've seen yeah. him do both, but like no Not big plays. So much. Oh, we haven't seen a big play by the yeah. offense. Yeah. I mean, they have one, yeah. the 45 yard pass to Aguilar. Right. Right. Nothing on the ground. Yeah. yeah, nothing on the ground. There's been nothing. I like mean, the best running play they had all summer was the play after the penalty that wiped out the touchdown, which was like second and 17, mm-hmm. and Stevenson got like 13 yards yeah, in a complete, you know, passing situation. We have. Six defensive backs, and that's the only positive running play they've had. I'll be, I, and I don't mean positive. I mean it's the only really good running play they've had. They've had four-yard gains, but that was like 12 yards on, on a sweep. Yeah. And it was a good run by Stevenson. It's just unfortunate because I felt like Thornton and Montgomery were two new guys, and, and I, Parker is still upstanding and you know is still available. But those were the kind of guys that gave you something different this year than the guys that you're hoping progress with, you know, Aguilar and Bourne, and, and obviously Myers has been reliable, but I just, Thornton, Montgomery, Parker to an extent, those have been the exciting new twists to the offense this year, and now you've kind of lost two of them already, so it's it's just kind of going back to these old guys and, and kind of testing the group that you already had even more out of the gate, which is, you know, really really tough set of games that they're going to have to deal with. It's frustrating. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, I mean, especially Thornton. Yeah. You, know, you, keep, you continue to watch, you know, the offense and, you know, just the – the athletic ability that he has, it's its unique within this roster. and it's, now, it's I, I heard a report that he, he's going to have surgery. Yeah, he had surgery. He had it. Clavicle. So that's Possibly clavicle uh, surgery. Never had to have surgery. Didn't have the surgery. It's nope. just healed on its own. Yep. Yeah. Both of them. Yeah. Both of them. So <laughs> in some cases, like, surgery helps it heal faster. Like, maybe they put a pin in yeah. or something like that. I don't know. But um, not good. Yeah, he's I, – I would be – now, I would be stunned if he doesn't Bob. open on – Oh, yeah. IR. I, I would. Think I got to so. think he's going to miss at least four games. Yeah, and you need that spot, right? That right. roster spot. Yeah. Yeah. But how's it all going to play out after that? Is is Lil Jordan going to be? You know, does he get into the mix now with Asiasi out? I think so. He's probably one of the the top guys that that are getting considered. And you know, saw him more in Vegas a little bit, getting a chance with the top line guys, but a little disappointing when he was playing with the. Yeah, it the was. Top I mean, it's guys. just like I get the the everyone's kind of excited, but. How many more big guys that don't really push the speed of the offense forward? Like, and I think right now, looking at the offense, I know it right now is very closely looks like what last year's offense was. But I still just, as much as I like Thornton, it's like just the quickness. The quickness continues to be an element that I just don't think this this offense has really any quickness. Short area, you know, catch something and make something happen. It's it still feels a little bit too methodical on offense. Maybe Thornton would change that as he gets involved, but. You know, even with the quickness he showed, I still think he's more of an outside, long speed kind of guy. And, you know, with the injury, it's like how many times are you going to bring him back and start running him back into the middle of the line at the point of attack? Like, you know, I think they got to manage him a, a little bit better. So we'll see. We'll see what happens today. Maybe somebody pops open and yeah. grabs somebody. Uh, you know, speaking of the line, the offensive line, you know, Mac Jones had a comment after the game about, you know, I got to, you know, I got to help my line out by, you know, being where they expect me to be, and I think he was a little bit antsy during yeah. the game, yeah. you know, kind of uh, giving up a little early. Um, he's got this new habit of spinning and turning his back to the play, which Russell Wilson can't get away with that. You can't, you know, because when you turn back around, a lot could happen that you weren't ready for. Yeah, and he's, it, he's also not – it seems – and I agree with his assessment. His self-assessment there, I think, is dead on. Yeah. And we asked Joe Judge and Matt Patricia about it yesterday. Didn't get great answers on it, but – um, I did feel there were times where he ran into pressure. Yeah. The first sack was almost, I would say, 99% on Mac. He ran to the only guy that had any penetration and like got tripped up. 
Yeah, as he tried to like get outside the pocket. Right, right. it was no reason for he had a, he had a very left, clean pocket, up. and there was no reason to leave it. Right, he you did. step yeah. up, you sidestep, you backpedal, but when you turn around, you don't know what you're going to be turning into. You know, that's just super uncomfortable. Yeah, that's just one of the weirdest things for me about this preseason. Is I thought that was what stood out to Mac about Mac the Poise. most to me in the first right from the get go. Just that he didn't really seem flustered by everything going around. He was willing to stand, and I still think he's willing to stand in. I just he doesn't really seem to have that feel that I felt like he had last year where the pressure was coming. I mean, it's one of the things that makes Brady one of the greatest of you know, just having that innate sense of where's the pressure. If I can just take a little step this way and buy myself that extra second rather than, oh, no, here comes somebody. It's all lost. I got to but, you know, like it all kind of falls apart. Right. And to Fred's point, doing so without taking your eyes off, mm-hmm. you know, your, your targets downfield. You know, Brady did that really well. And to your point, Fred, not only Mac is – seeing the rush now but he's turning his back right at, you know at times you know and, and i know he you know i don't want to ignore everything that happened last year that wasn't great you know because i know we accentuated because he was a rookie i think we accentuated everything that was good i do think he had really good pocket presence for a rookie last year but i do remember the first pass that he attempted as a pro right not he at turned first. his back and threw the ball backwards that's right <laughs> you yeah. know you yeah. remember john o. smith yeah. ended up recovering it yeah. so I, I like i do remember there was some bad plays last year yeah um i think that now he's being looked at more as a quarterback as opposed to a rookie quarterback right and some of the the warts that we're seeing i think we're talking about more than they did last year but Mostly, it's all about the coaches. I, I Everybody's talking about the coaches still. Yeah, yeah. I, I think for me right now, though, and I mean, we talked about this a little bit on the post game show. I don't really like always get into this buy in kind of stuff, but I do kind of get into it with two specific players, and those players being Trent Brown and Isaiah Wynn, who I think are key players. And right now, you've got you know Trent Brown obviously did not play against the Panthers for what were reportedly disciplinary reasons because of effort. We know he's had a pass to that. The tweet about I'm ready to go home. Then you have Isaiah Wynn kind of getting broken down by Dan Orlovsky, kind of not even really paying attention to, you know, now again, this is Dan Orlovsky saying it, so I don't want to. But my radar's up in that, you know, usually you feel like if the top line is is okay, you're going to be okay. But I just have real questions about these two guys. Was it the right move to, to flip them? And that's and that's another great point, Fred. Because I wonder, everyone says, "Oh, should they just go back to the other offense?" I don't think that exists. I don't think that is even possible to just go back to the other offense. But I do wonder. No, no, I'm talking about the offense. No, I know, but I do wonder if you're going to go back to something, just flip those two guys. Maybe you go back to that. So, Freddie, remember before you left, I sort of was alluding off air to stuff about the money. I saw Giardi. Now now that's out there, so we can talk about. Yeah, Giardi had a report. (laughs) Well, what if you can say what a post on Twitter yeah. is a report? He had a, th- he had a, th- he had a whole thread. It was a thread. thread, was of, a thread. Of, uh, yeah. All kinds of observations. So you know what threads are, right, Alex? Yeah, threads Alex, are the new Alex, Alex I, taught, the I just want to hear your voice. <laughs> she, she taught. She taught me. I know. I learned something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. You told me about threads, <laughs> and not the ones that are sticking out of my shirt. Yeah. Um, or, or threats. Yeah. Th- just like real quick, we we kind of talked about Trent Brown. You and I talked, and we talked about it uh, during the pre and post game shows. Trent Brown has been a guy whose work ethic has been called into question in the past. So now he might be, might be again, I don't know this, Giardi is alluding to it. He said definitively he was not told of any switch from right to left tackle before he re-signed. Okay, so he might be a little miffed that he re-signed as a right tackle and is being paid as a right tackle and now being asked to play left tackle, which is... It's different. You know, it's more valuable. Yeah. Um, on the flip side, we didn't talk about 
how it might be affecting the other guy on the other side, Isaiah Wynn, who's going to be a free agent, and now his last year heading into free agency is playing right tackle, right. which lowers his value. Yep. And I know that like fans like to think of these things in a perfect world and say, well, they shouldn't be worried about that. Of course they worry about that. It's their are. livelihoods. Yeah. So uh, I, you know, I don't. We don't have to go into a long, detailed thing, but that's part of the issues. And, and I it, think is 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 mental. Yeah, and, with and, these two and guys. So that's definitely could be a factor. But you know, and, and I'm just looking at it purely as what are they most comfortable at, and what are they most what are they best at? And Trent Brown could simply be a better right tackle than he is a uh, left tackle, and when when he's healthy, he's fine at left tackle. Right. You know. Right. And I and I mean I think like. Part of me is holding out hope that Trent Brown, let's just get through the preseason. Let's get through the eight days in Vegas and all that kind of stuff that he had to go through. And you know, I think he's physically talented enough that like, he's always going to be 6'9 or whatever he is out there. So I'm optimistic, but I just I think that that short circuits everything. If, if they can't come out and play and just give Mac, as, as Paul said many times, if Mac doesn't have that pocket, we've seen it continue this summer. If he has a pocket, he can step up. He can make all the throws. He can move the ball. He can keep the offense on time. It's just it's not going to be a situation where you have these you know mobile quarterbacks that can break out, still make plays. Like I think you're really living on the edge if that's what you're you know kind of going into the season with expecting that these guys aren't going to be that. I want to tell you what Zoe told me after the game, right after the game. But this reminded me. I so I'm on the elevator after the game. We're going down to the ground level. This guy gets on. He's got full Raiders gear. He's got a camera, so he's obviously one of those game, in-game presentation people that you know. He gets on the on the elevator, looks at me, goes, "PFW man, watch <laughs> watch watch every show." I'm like, "You listen?" He goes, "Yeah." They just pay me here. That doesn't, that doesn't mean I'm a fan. That's great. Well, he must have been excited. There's so many Patriots there then. Yeah. That's, so, guy that. <laughs> That's wow. awesome. And he's like full Raiders gear. You know, he goes, yeah, they just pay me. You got should have gotten a testimonial. Yeah. Now and like, you know, record and put it. Uh, but anyway, on that same elevator ride, uh, Zolak was telling me he thought it was all the guards. Like all the problems in that game were mm-hmm. the guards. Mm-hmm. I. I think the guards were a problem. I think there were more problems than just the guards. The yeah. only thing I wasn't worried about on, on uh, Friday was David Andrews. Yeah. I think the tackles struggled, too. I think Wynn, you know, kind of got beat for one of the sacks. Justin Haran. Oh, I, I don't know if there's a Patriot who's had a worse summer than Justin Haran. Yeah. Like, it, he, he's either struggled when he's been out there, getting called for holding penalties, or penalties, been hurt. A lot of false starts. Yep. I mean, and, and now with Yadi Kajust out. He's all you got. I mean, it's him oh, and him. Oh, and by the Dirk. way, um, who was it that had that really nice plays at defensive tackle? Two in a row, uh, two stuffs. I think on fourth, a uh, third and fourth. Oh, down. Uh, Jeremiah Farms. Farms, uh, the and the, the, the he has the same number as Kajus. Yeah. The a PA so guy in the press kept saying Yanni Kajus with the the tackle. I'm like, really? <laughs> Whoops. Well, that happened yesterday. We were checking people off, and that was some confusion yesterday. Like, yeah. wait, I thought you said 72. No, I did say 72. All white. Yeah, you know, like but that. Same wasn't thing. there a player that? Um, they were trying either he was a D tackle and they were trying him at offensive line or the other way Bill around. Murray. Bill Murray. Oh, was it Bill playing. Murray? Bill Murray from D line. Yeah. So I knew there was a player that they were switching. I'm like, that wasn't Kajust, was it? <laughs> I mean, and that then this is you know more of the same for Kajust. I mean, he was healthy last year, but you know, he's just coming in. You've got un- unreliability questions with Win and Brown, and, and you're kind of hoping that Haran and Kajust can at least give you some kind of hey, right? Maybe Here's your opportunity. And it's also no Dante here anymore. That was always a big crutch of well, like, I think well, Dante get them together. I think Dante was a big factor in Trent Brown's success. Because yeah. remember, Trent Brown when he first got here, he had a slow start, 
And, you know, Dante really worked with him. And Trent Brown credited Dante Lighting with his with his bit. season. Yeah. 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 You know? Well, maybe it's time to get him back. I'll tell you what though, I've seen I've seen Ivan Fierce everywhere. I mean, it doesn't seem like he's it seems like he's maybe just like a consultant now or something, but it seems like he's still fully around the team. Not so much Dante, but retired for a few days and got sick of his family and came back. Apparently, or they're like, <laughs> yeah. hey, he's come back. Yeah, right. I think Dante's the one they should have probably been begging. To come I, back. I met another Patriots fan who worked there. Uh, he was one of the security people. I don't want to give him up because you'll get in trouble. But he says when they built the stadium, he buried a Brady jersey at the 47-yard line. <laughs> so big. he's from Somerville. I love it. I love that it. I probably gave him up, but, you know. That's amazing, yeah. though. Yeah. That's actually true. And I mean, like, who's who was born in Las Vegas? They all have to be transplants, right? Yeah. Well, I, you know, I think Larry Guy. True. Larry Guy was yeah. from Larry there. Guy and yeah. Ramondre. Ramondre, right? Yeah. They were both from out there. They were born there. I don't, yeah. I don't know officially. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Natives. It's like I saw someone wrote uh, Isaiah Likely, the kid from Everett High. Yeah. yeah. That's had a good camp with the Ravens. It was like. Cambridge Malden Everett native. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> How's that work? I mean, he can only be a native of right. one of those, right? Isn't that like That's native? Yeah. That's when it's okay to just say Boston. Right. You know, I because I, 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 I think he was born in Cambridge. Yeah. But see, Alex, you can't do that. Like I'm, I was, I grew up like 25 miles outside of the city. I was still when I'm out when I was in like California. Oh like, yeah, I'm you from, say Boston. from Boston. Yeah, yeah, I could never. But do that. she's Western. I, where's the line? I never like, did. Where's either. the line? Yeah, yeah, demarcation. You say Western. I mass. say Western Mass. If you go outside like of 495. Yeah, I would say mass. Western Mass. Outside of 495. Is that Alex? The, yeah. Is that where you can't say? Yeah, West of Boston. But yeah, yeah, when you're outside of your area, you say Boston. You don't say Everett, even though when that happens, people still know and people know Everett. Oh yeah, they do. That's real Boston, though. I mean, I'm like. Out in the States. My coach told me that story. Yeah. He went to school in Colorado, and when he was out there, and they were like, so where are you from? He goes, you know, Boston. He goes, well, yeah, whereabouts? Everett. He goes, good football. <laughs> good football. That was my, my football coach in high school. Too, back, in the day. Yeah. 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 Back, back in the day. Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. Well, they've, they've Not gone, when I played. They've gone down, right? Um, now. Well, Everett the, and Brockton. They're legendary. Oh, co- Brockton. Well, they're still great. They haven't gone down like Brockton. Yeah. Um, but their legendary coach left to go to CM, and now he wins Super Bowls in CM. I see. That's the preps. preps, the preps. All right, 855-PASS-500 is the ace ticket hotline. Web radio at patriots.com is the email address. I only managed to lose 160 bucks in Vegas. So. Which Gambling? I thought was great until Fred told me it happened very quickly. Very oh, quickly. Really? Well, yeah. What game? What, what I, gotcha? I like playing roulette, roulette. which I know is yeah. a sucker's game. But the first time I, I bought $100 worth of chips and I was up, and then quickly I lost it. I think it's rigged. And then the, uh, just before dinner the next night I went and I didn't realize it, but I had walked into a high rollers table. So I lost <laughs> 60 bucks like that. Like on one hand? Yeah. So, so like, sir, it's yeah. a $60 minimum. No. <laughs> yeah. I didn't lose any. I, I was I was pretty good, but I, but me and Sosie were surprised. It's like you just you you don't even realize it till you get out there, and then you walk into Seven Eleven with every spin of the wheel. <laughs> there's Seven Eleven. There's like just three people sitting at these machines in the middle of Seven Eleven. Nowhere else oh, to be. Oh, like, it, the place is crazy. How do you what pick these? Sad you know, oh like e- in the hospitals, like even the patients' rooms on the doors, they have odds. <laughs> like on the pl- on yeah. the patient, it's crazy. Well, whether, <laughs> or not, whether or not you're going to make it, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. But one thing I noticed, like I hadn't been to Vegas in like 20 years. The one thing I noticed immediately in the airport is you don't hear the ding, 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 ding anymore. Oh, did they get rid of that? It's all electronic. Yeah. So all the sound is like really, you know, uh, 
you know, just you can hear it when you're at the slot machines. I thought that too in the airport too because people like there's no more pulling. Which I don't know if that like, some you know, have like, them, some like, still made have. It them. almost feel yeah. like you're putting some kind like you have some kind of control over what's going on now. It's right. just just hitting a button like that's back, all it is but there's no back, more buckets with coins nothing. that people walk around with just you're, yeah. you're up you're down it does i don't know i feel like if i was a gambler that would take away from feeling like i got it and this you know well like, and it's like, even like, easier to lose money because before you not only did you have to pull you had to take your coin and put it in the slot yeah you know well, now it's you, you put your card in you leave it there right. and that's it. you just hit a button like you said and it just credits it off you just got to max play that's the secret that i've learned from my uh from my relatives that live out there. That's yeah. the max play, and they hit it every now and then. I mean, they always. I, I don't play slots. Like, no. Yeah. It seems like a good way just to get yeah. free drinks. I like just don't just find it. Sit there I don't find it all that exciting. So yeah. Especially when you're just pressing a button, like you're not even giving it the pull. Yeah, I don't. It's I mean, statistically the worst thing to gamble on. Yeah. Oh yeah. Craps is the best, right? Craps, I think, is the. Is or, or is like, it black? Craps or blackjack? Yeah, one of those two. Actually, baccarat is the Bert's is the best. Bert baccarat. Uh. All right, um, let's get <laughs> to the phones, 855-PATS-500. Uh, uh, we'll start with Christian in L.A. What's up, Christian? Hey, happy Tuesday to you guys. Hello, crew. Hello. Hello. Uh, two, two, hey, two things I wanted to uh, sort of talk about today. One, my friends and I were debating that Vegas' real home field advantage is not the heat that our players have to quickly acclimate to. It's the fact that eight different teams are going to have to take 53 mostly young millionaires into Vegas on a Thursday and tell them to be good until Sunday when you have hotels that have deals with different brothels that will even send girls up to your room. Why, because they know why can't they just send them on Saturday like every other road game? Well, well I think okay. most – well, if you're an East Coast team, most teams are going to go on a Friday. You know. Yeah. Some will go on a Friday, but if if you're worried about this, yeah. just go on Saturday like you do every other game. Yeah, have a curfew. Yeah, yeah, quickly come and quickly go. But it is well, a that, it's that the city of sin. There's no doubt. Oh yeah. Yeah, but they still go but to Miami and Atlanta. Is, that's true. You Top can, tier strip you clubs can have, there. You yeah, can, yeah. I, I, yeah that's I mean, true. when you have money, any city is. And it seems to have a good effect on James Harden. Remember yeah. that Reddit post a few years ago? Oh, where that's they, like, a deep dive on me, Alex. You're gonna have to explain it. Okay, so a brilliant Reddit user looked at James Harden's stats in cities that are like revered to have the best strip clubs and he <laughs> excels in those cities and plays really bad in the poor ones oh that's okay. interesting <laughs> yeah C- goes against <laughs> conventional <laughs> i mean that's my that's, that's a huge thing for the knights <laughs> the yeah. las vegas knights <laughs> yeah that is a because the nhl it's an you know 82 yeah. game season you're in, you know you're there's games too. that you're taking off anyway you know mm-hmm. in, in nba and nhl and you might be on a five-game road trip, and then you're there, and then absolutely they're out hitting it hard. Yeah, that's a huge advantage for the for the hockey. But I, I think in football, they're all one-game entities. I don't think you're there all week. No, to get in, in that much trouble. No, that's why I wonder yeah. about the interstitial so, okay. week with Arizona too. Yeah. So football guys, right? Okay. I this this, this seems like a mess. <laughs> we have a quarterback who was drafted for his poise, pocket presence, and you know, decision-making, and he seems dazed and confused and like he doesn't know what's going on. Uh, we have receivers who are a bunch of number twos. We brought in a aging number one, and now our hopeful star kid is hurt. We have a running back room where the guys are putting the ball on the ground. We have unproven guys, and we don't really know how they're going to get through the front line because guess what? Our offensive line is not only being held together by, like, duct tape, but it's like if you had 
your two star offensive linemen at a point where you're saying, please, let's just get into preseason, then guess what? The odds are they're probably going to be hurt game one or game two. So it just seems like the organization is in some sort of weird state of not knowing what the hell we're doing and just trying to live on what we did and maybe it'll all work out. But what, are you, what are you guys feeling? I think that this season go any which way. It can go totally south. It can surprise us and be better than we thought it was going to be, or it can be just absolutely average. You know, it can go any way. I just I'm ready for for a slow start. You know, I'm ready to to take some lumps yeah. early. You know, that's and that's and let's see how it really works. I mean, I, you know, I, I get everything you said is is totally right. Um, you know, as far as the potential issues, but. They've told us plenty of things. We're not game planning. We got a lot of good work, all that. All right, I'll believe you. Let's see what happens next Sunday when it actually is a game yeah. plan and you have an opponent that you know that's beating you however again, how many Thanks, times Christian. straight. Uh, you know, then then, then, then we'll, we can actually say I'm, well, I'm trying not to get too I, so I, I guess yeah. Bill was with uh, Chris Berman yesterday. Berman was here. Yeah. yeah, and Bill said, you know, the typical, you know, you really don't know your team until November. Actually, he said October. O- October, but yeah. even on the Twitter then, machine, a lot of people wrote November, but he said October. <laughs> he said October, but even then, you know, so that's four or five games in. Um, for this team, it's too late. You know, yeah. like if you think if you have your sights set on the playoffs, um, and like they said, I heard it on one of Paul's shows this morning. That was fine when Brady was your quarterback because you knew you were going to finish strong. So I have a funny story about that. I'll you get know, to but later. but like the last. Two three years, they have not finished strong. Right, and, and that's and that's like, did you know what you had last year in mid October? I don't think you had what you thought you had at that point. So I, I mean, I think as you've kind of adjusted your expectations for the season, for me, I feel like where I keep landing, a lot of people call in and want to know what we think the record is. Is like I just I want to see them playing their best football at the end of the season. I want to see a progression in December where they're getting better, and maybe they fall short of the playoffs. But maybe the season ends and we say, hey, you know what? We had something going there at the end. It finally felt, for the first time in three years, maybe we didn't make the playoffs, but we felt like we found what we were doing. We started to get on track. We started to you know, get out of this late-season malaise that they've had the last yeah, three seasons. Yeah, and that's why last season was such a disappointment. You know, like people, you, you forget that they were like the number one seed for— Yes, they were, and that's why we were so disappointed because they totally collapsed. After that buy, yeah, they, they, went, they went from one to five. Right. They got smoked by the Colts. They got smoked twice by the Bills. They lost to Miami. The only team they beat was the lowly Jaguars. And that's why we're upset. Right. You know? And, and to throw in there, too, like the fact that they smoked the bad teams. Like it wasn't like like that just skews so many things when you look at like, well, I mean, they were top ten offense. We're like, yeah, well, they hung fifty on I think the. They Jets. were top like, five in both, right? You know, right. So, you know, it's all it's all about context. And I, I think right. no matter how you cut it. The last three seasons have gone down the tubes at the end, and I think that that's as as much of an indictment as anything of the draft picks missing or anything, because I think the faith you put in this coaching staff is that no matter who they have, they're going to put a solid team together. That after four months of work, five months of work, they're going to play their best football, you know. And and it, no matter how it kind of ends up, they're going to be a solid team at the end, and that hasn't happened. So I think that's as much as anything. Talk about shaking the faith, like. If it doesn't get better at the end of this year and it's another season where, hey, they look pretty good in the middle and then it all falls apart again, it's, it's hard to, to justify that. Yeah, real quick, you talked about you know, the Dolphins, and we're going to get heavily into the Dolphins as we move along with our shows. A um, little bit of good news for the Patriots. Byron Jones is going to have to open up on PUP, one of their starting corners. That's a big loss for them. So he'll miss at least the first four weeks. Obviously, he's going to miss week one. 
It's better, you know. I'll take it. Yeah. Um, by the way, the Patriots um, are plus three. Uh, I believe right that. Now. I believe that's right. And that's yeah. gone up because it was two went and from a half. two and a half to three, I believe, based on the preseason. Yeah. According so. to your boy, oh. Joe Murray, I heard him say Joe that Murray? this morning. Yeah. It's like I'm gonna have to start understanding odds again. <laughs> <laughs> well, clearly you don't. We saw your record last year against the spread. Just so you know, Alex, Thursdays. Every week before the game is our picks day. Picks. Okay. So the last half hour or so is devoted to going around the NFL and picking every game straight up and against the spread. Got yeah, it. I'm really good at it, too. So, so guys Harlan, like Deuce, he'll come with notes. <laughs> Paul and I, we just do it off the top yeah. of our head, and we win. Yeah, we, Fred, dom- we dominate. Fred's yeah. got a feel for the league, though. So Fred I, does have a feel yeah, for the he league. Just, he yeah. just seems to know. Um, speaking of a feel for the league, I know we have calls and emails piling up. Uh, what were your thoughts on Jimmy Garoppolo? Um, there's something going on there. Well, it makes him more tradable yeah. for sure. Yeah, but I I thought it was interesting. I think um, not so high on Trey Lance. Perhaps? I think it's a little bit of a hedge on Trey Lance. I know yeah. they they've been very quick to say no. They just wanted to make it more palatable if they need to keep but, him and he gets injured, but, and then but I think I, it makes him more tradable. I was yeah. talking to an, an, an ex player who told me that he's hearing, and this is before the announcement of of that contract that. You know, Garoppolo was late for meetings. He was like totally tuned out. Like he, oh, had, he practices on his own. Yeah, you know that, he, right? No, he he, he had, doesn't practice with the team. He does all his work really? on a separate schedule by himself. Really? Because you know he had had enough, and so I was. That's why I'm really surprised at this. And so they must have had a come to Jesus talk with him. You know, if if all that interesting, if it's all a, that is true. Well, I know it's true that he was practicing. You know, let's just say they had their their training camp practices were at like eleven o'clock. He was going out at like nine thirty, and working out and not staying on the field with the team. Nope. I mean, that's insubordination. Doesn't even work. No, no, no. Yeah. it was all set up that way. Oh, they wanted it that way. Yes, yes. The it was team all by design. It was by design. Bo- I think both because he was too much of a distraction. For I the think Trey they, Lance. well. Plus, he was rehabbing. You know, he's, yeah. he's coming back from his injury, but he was on his own schedule. That's. I mean, the way I had it explained to me was. It was all worked. I mean, yeah, there was no animosity. Oh, okay. It was all on his own schedule. It's so still is, weird. Is the benefit very weird? I agree, Fred. I'm totally yeah. with is you. Is the benefit for Garoppolo that he could maybe get traded easier? Is that like yeah. I'm trying to think? Is I that think really kind of? I think he's more easily attainable by someone. Say, you know, maybe in the middle of the year. Now they had to get the number down for them by today, so the cap, you know, situation wasn't you know a situation where you had to lose anybody. Um, so they they dealt with that. So that's how they benefit. But now I think you get to like week two, and you know someone gets nicked up or someone's not playing as well as you thought. Whatever you know, I don't know. Someone might make a deal for him. Maybe Cle- maybe it. maybe Jacoby Brissett plays two stink bombs, and they're like, you know what? We have a good team here. We let's let's make this move. I don't know. Yeah. There's still a no trade clause, though, right? So it would have to be. I, a team I believe he, he has a no trade clause. Yeah, I, I think he would go. Well, but like, yeah, that just gives him power. But who, he'll could, he po- yeah. who could he possibly he say play. no to? Right, he wants to play. He'd want to play. Yeah, Commanders. You know, who would you say no to? <laughs> the Commanders. Who would I say <laughs> no yeah. to? I don't know. A starting job in the NFL, it's it's hard to find. But if I had, yeah, if I was going to start somewhere, I wouldn't say no to anybody. If I was Garoppolo, like, he's a backup and he has a chance to start. Yeah. You don't want to throw it to Terry McLaurin? Like, you probably play anywhere. I yeah. Don't go. Uh, let's go to Chris with a T I A N. Hey, Christian. Hey, how's everybody doing? Good. Good. Eh. Eh. 
I know. That's how I feel, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I was curious to get um, everybody's thoughts on Bill's press conference Friday and uh, particularly the, the part when he said, maybe we left it out all on the field. I don't know. That's the first and thing that we just, talked about. That was Freddie's lead. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I missed the beginning of the show. Yeah. I, I think I've never heard him say something like that before. And, you know, like I, I, I took it like he was happy with Wednesday's practice. Um, right. Yeah. On Thursday's so, show. You know what I thought of? I, I thought of the, um, you know, and I know Paul always says this gets a lot of play, but the football life in 2009 when he's standing on the sideline and they're getting blown up by the Saints and he's talking to Brady and he says, boy, we got a long way to go. Yeah, I, I just can't get this team to play the way I need to. Like I, That was the last time I think I ever heard him that, like, resigned to, like, man, you know, just we just didn't do anything right. Um, right. But we didn't hear and, about that until really afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. And that's all edited and stuff, and I get it. But I, I just, I, you know, to me that was, like, the real eye-opener. And uh, and that that worries me. Like, that, that really does. I, I just... I think when he was sort of snorting and snickering at everybody in the spring when they were asking about the offensive coordinator and he said, well, what plays are we calling? You know, that, that's kind of come to bite him in the butt now, I think. Um, you know, I, I they really have got to get their crap together in, what, less than two weeks? Yeah. Um, and I just didn't come out of this camp at all feeling good about anything. I agree. It was, it was a tough camp to I mean, feel great about. I players I kind of feel good about. Like Anthony Jennings and guys like that, um, you know, maybe and, and Jude on a bomber looking good on defense, and, and Thornton was promising. But Thornton is you know, probably the thing I came out of camp thinking the best about, and he got hurt. Right? Yeah. I mean, right. I feel I, I yeah. feel I feel like Parker. I, I feel pretty good about him. I mean, he is what he is. I'm not going to tell you he's a number one wide receiver, but I think what we've seen through the preseason is that they have a way to use him. He's going to be involved in the offense, and he's probably going to play every snap, but. I don't, I don't disagree with what you're saying. I thought it was a little bit striking. I also think, though, that everyone's taking this and running with it as if, like, this was a regular season game that he's just sweeping yeah. under the rug. Like An- Another thing that uh, on defense that I, I saw on Twitter and it made me go, yeah, why <laughs> is Tavai getting more reps at the beginning than Mac Wilson? Because when Mac Wilson's out there, like, he's like a speeding bullet. Like, yeah. he's throwing his body to me, around. It's Raquan he's, McMillan. He's all over the field, you know? I, I mean, I. I mean, I think that the Raiders started with Jakob Johnson out there. Yeah, Mac Wilson and, can't play in those. And they packages. played just a three-four defense, and like their vanilla defense in the three-four, where they're like, "We really need to stop the run right now." It's not Mac. It's Wilson. not Mac Wilson. Right. I, I mean, I'm, I with Paul though. I mean, maybe it could be. It should be McMillan. McMillan. I think he's a better player than Tobias. But I don't think. Uh, I think it's a pretty common storyline right now for everybody to wonder how big of a role Jelani Tobias is going to have in this defense, and if that's going to be. Uh, along the lines of what everybody wanted to have happen with more speed at the linebacker position, and I, you know he seems well, more you know, traditional that, big Mike. Me to, I mean, uh, I mean, I, I'm disappointed in a guy like McGrone just based off of what Matt Gross said in, in, in his press conference in the offseason. Like he's another draft pick, and the kid has the, the kid's been invisible. Yeah, he's he's <clears throat> haven't seen the kid. I mean, he was in one preseason game, and I feel like he made some plays, but he, no, he didn't really do much. It's gonna be crazy if he doesn't all. even end up on the practice squad today. Like if he's just outright. Oh, right. I think I, I think he'll be on the. No, I do squad. too. But you know how much of it? How much is true? You know, you hype up all these guys, and you know, we I didn't. He didn't really do anything this camp. So at least yep. some of those players, you can say, oh, he made he made a couple plays. He stood out from time to time. Yeah, not he was, really. With he him. Was, it was disappointing for me too with him. Thanks, Christian. Uh, let's go to Todd, North Carolina. Hey, Todd. 
hey guys, I'll make this really quick. We kind of got a murderer's row for our first four games. So I'm going to ask you, to come out of this 500 would be great, in my opinion. What would it take on the offense and the defense to see us come out of 500 of these first four games? Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Yeah, uh, mistakes. I mean, I think it's just... I don't. I don't think. I think it's going to be a whole lot harder on them if they're killing themselves with bad penalties, pre-snap stuff, turnovers. You know, if if, if they can get their secondary to win the turnover battle and, and force some, you know, interceptions. If the pressure can get to Tua, etc. You know, Kenny Pickett, whoever it might be. Um, I just. I think that's the key. I, I mean, I. I don't. I mean, is anyone really going to be surprised if you go into Week One against Miami and it kind of looks like every Patriots Miami game where? There's some ups and downs, and basically it comes down to the end. I mean, it's probably, right. you know, generally what's going to happen. I mean, the first three games, you're not playing the cream of the league, but you're, it's three good tests, real good tests. And if you're like – and I'm a fan of, like, stories and narratives. It's like it's the perfect, you know, first test with Miami. This yeah. is a team that, you know, every you're, they know around well, here everyone's like, oh, we're the second-place team. This team has beaten you consistently. Is, is the big wild card there McDaniel, like first-year coach? I think yeah. so, and a little bit of the defense. I mean, they kept the you know the the, the deep, what was it uh, the defensive coordinator um, you know under Flores is still there. But I, I mean, I think we all put a little bit of value into Flores facing his former team and knowing you know the attitude that his team needs to take on. Um, so, but you know, just the speed that they have. I mean, it's just you know, it's not just Tyreek Hill. It's Mostert too, who's another you know blazer. I mean, they just have a lot, a lot of speed. And so all the offseason spent about getting faster on defense. This is this one is of the it. overall this is why you did teams. It. And again, like, this is I, why I, you did it. I hate to belabor this point, but you spend the offseason looking at the division and how do we get to the playoffs by winning the division? And this, you know, there's just been no progress against the Dolphins or the Bills the last two years. So at what point are they going to find something that starts to work and that they can build off of? Because right now it, it doesn't really seem like they have the answers to either yeah. of those teams. You know, it's four, team, it's four games. It's almost 25% of your season with two teams that you – haven't played well against lately, you know? You know, and uh, what else are you doing if you're not spending your time trying to think about how do we handle Tua and the RPOs and, and Josh Allen? I mean, and again, like, Josh Allen is an awesome player. There's no, oh, we'll just do this. Like, you can just do that. He'll still beat you. Right. So he's, he's a great player. You know, I have all the respect in the world for him and, and their oh, offense. Oh, oh, speaking but, of Josh Allen, yeah. um, they NFL came out with his top 100, and your guy Brady is number one <laughs> overall. Ridiculous. But Josh Allen was like number 13. 13. That's stupid. Really? That's stupid. That's like, stupid. Like, throw that list away. I, I mean, I take him over any anybody right throw now. Throw that list away. You know, He's gonna take Brady. I mean, it's good. I, I think that was a respect pick, you know, because it is the other players, and I, I can see them saying, you know, what? oh Brady, yeah. yeah, has no that like, yeah. If you wanted to put. Someone else won, and Brady took whatever. But Brady was neck and neck with Rogers for MVP. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, good for him. But to have Josh Allen that low—that's yeah. that's. I just nuts. can't imagine there were twelve guys better than him last year. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Zachary in St. Petersburg, Florida. What's up, Zach? Zach, where good you job. be? Good job, Hardy. All right. How, how was uh, Christian Arkian? I, he had he had to get the the rhythm down. He talked over Matt's intros a few times. He felt what? bad. Yeah, Matt. You know Matt. All Matt's his little uh, you know songs. I, I don't yell at people. I don't Matt know why he felt so bad. Mad. Matt got mad at him. He threw a milkshake at the window. He's pissed. Uh, no, he was good. It's funny. Um, you know, he definitely has a little bit more of the the. I mean, as he kept saying, like my show, little <laughs> little biting, a little more oh, biting. Oh, little, really? uh, little yeah. More. I mean, not like not a ripper or anything like that. Yeah, not no. a not a not a hater, but definitely, I thought there was a little bit more. 
Like, he was annoyed with some of the comments in the postgame show. He was also locked in on, on Jared Stidham's four completions as, like, you know, like, oh, George Stidham just, you know. <laughs> like, you could tell, like, you could already see the, the, the cake being baked for the next day of, of what they were going to, you know, rattle cages with. Um, but, but no, he's, in, he's a good guy. Yeah, it seems like he – we got to the bottom of his accent a little bit, too. We got him to expand on that. And, I, I, yeah. You know, yeah. in Colorado. But it is funny because once you get locked in on Ar- Arkean – Christian Arkean. Did you know <laughs> because of the way he talked, they wouldn't let him on college radio? Well, when, Did before, he tell you that story? Yeah, yeah no, he, yeah. he had a – Like, isn't that what college is for? He had a wicked – What happened right. to inclusion <laughs> among our colleges? Well, yeah, but when you want to go into media, yeah. you know, you, 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 you don't want to boss you, him. You give him a chance and you explain to him how he might be able right. to improve himself. Not, that I I always I mean I know this is crazy. Yeah. That's what I always thought education was for. No, but they you know he had a wicked New England accent and they they teased that out of him. But now he's got yeah, like a, a Chicago Midwest. accent. I gave him a Midwest. Yeah. I get a pop down at the. St- yeah. It's yeah. funny because I feel like now networks want that more authenticity. And they want the authenticity. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, at yeah. least from my point of view. Yeah. 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 yeah the weather's gonna be wicked. Welcome to Colorado. Wicked hot. We're out here. Oh, it's wicked awesome. Yeah. Uh, web radio at Patriots.com is the uh, email so address. I was, I was watching The Bachelor last night. Oh, God. Oh, oh I was going to take a break for you, Paul, but go ahead. And you're talking about, you know, Alex brought up the authenticity. They went, there was a kid, there's a local kid that that's there. I think he was from Salem. Uh, I think he actually is from Beverly, but he grew up in Salem. So they were around, like, you know, all the, the witch places and... They go with all the all the cliche stuff they yeah. did, and the woman that came out and like read the 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 star, the, the the cards and, and things. Oh my god, what an accent! It was like I looked at Beth. I was like, "This is what they need to do for the movies. Like they need to find authentic people, yeah. right? Like it was just, I mean, it was comical, yeah, yeah. comical, real one, real. All real right. One. Then she knocked over the table after she read like, <laughs> like that can't be good, right? Did you watch this? No. I, don't, I don't watch it's like those a Ouija board or something. <laughs> Alex looked at me like it's like somebody giving a Alex tour. Alex like, make for women. No, was it yeah. somebody like, giving a tour around Salem? This was like a, a flavor of his hometown. No, when they do the, uh, they get toward the end, like whatever the final three or whatever, they do hometowns and you go and meet. Oh, the, so he's already they he's go already and meet the. Oh yeah, we're toward wow. the end now, Deuce. Isn't there a yeah. kid from Northampton on it too? I don't know. Maybe that's one of those other reality shows. There's another. There's a kid from Northampton that I ran track with that's on the show, and it's hilarious. So we me. knew at the beginning that this kid made it to the to the hometowns because people had seen cameras out in oh. Salem and they were filming. It just okay. doesn't have the same like when reality TV first started. Anybody who's on reality TV felt like they were like a star now, and now they're like a dime a dozen. Like everybody's been on a reality TV show now. There's nobody who's like the famous reality people. You have like your brief moment in the sun, and then you're it's like, oh, ridiculous. I was on season 24 of The Bachelor. It's the worst of us. It really is. All right, we're gonna take so many brains. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so it's so scripted too. Yeah. It's ridiculous. We're gonna take a break. When we come back, more of your calls and emails here on Patriots Unfiltered. Want to get into the game? Get coached up at Dean College. Equipped with exclusive academic partnerships featuring the Patriots, Revolution, Providence Bruins, Summer Baseball, and more, our classrooms are set up for success by learning directly from the pros. Dean College has programs in communications, sports management, business, and marketing with unprecedented hands-on experiences. Our students take what they learn in the classroom and put it right to work in the marketplace. At Dean College, our students don't just play games, we run them. Visit us at dean.edu. 
There's no season better than football season. And there's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy sports partner of the New England Patriots. To add to the thrill, DraftKings has millions of dollars in prizes up for grabs every week. So head to the app now and check it out. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy football is easy to play. Just pick nine players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for yards, touchdowns, receptions, and so much more. There's no better way to put your football knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at $1 million in total prizes. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week. That's promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. In sports, if you think joy only happens after you win, think again. Look at the world's most successful athletes like Serena Williams, Brooks Kepka, and Alex Morgan. They don't spend all their days grinding away. They take time to enjoy themselves, like getting together with friends over a Michelob Ultra, because they know that happiness is the key to winning and that joy is the whole game, not just the end game. Michelob Ultra. 95 calories, 2.6 grams of carbs. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. AB Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. How did Verizon build the fastest 5G in the world? We started by building it right with 5G Ultra Wideband. Then we gave it massive capacity and near zero lag. And it's not just fast. It's 25 times faster than today's 4G networks. This is 5G built right from the network more people rely on. Only on Verizon. 5G Ultra Wideband available only in parts of select cities. Global claim based on open signal independent analysis. 25 times analysis by Ookla's Speed Test Intelligence data Q2 2020. Patriot Place is the region's number one shopping, dining, and entertainment destination. Shop your favorites, including Vineyard Vines, Express, Olympia Sports, Petco, and more. Enjoy dining at one of our 19 restaurants, including Six String Grill and Stage, Scorpion Bar, and Bar Louie. And don't forget about the entertainment. Explore your inner artist at Muse Paint Bar, watch a movie at Showcase Cinema Deluxe, or grab a controller and start gaming at Helix Esports. For a complete directory listing, please visit patriot-place.com. The ruling on the field stands. We deliver jerseys, funny foam fingers, and everything you need for the game. But what you really get is so much more. FedEx delivery. Game day spirit. What we deliver by delivering. Some people are never content with simply being good. Not when they can be great. But it takes a big step to get there. In fact... It takes a leap of faith, a belief in what you're striving toward, and a willingness to make the commitment, day in and day out, to something bigger than yourself. Putnam is proud to partner with those who share their own commitment to performance excellence. This is Matt Light for Putnam Investments, a world of investing. We are patriots, and our standards are a little different. We don't just carry the hopes of a city, but the hopes of an entire region. For us, no uphill battle is ever too high to climb. And our favorite ring is the next one. Our job isn't done until the final down is played. And everyone knows we gave it our all. We the fans march forward with the power to do what it takes. Just like we've done time and time again. We are the home field advantage. 
Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the New England Patriots and stand with them as they defy the odds. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Want to get into the game? Get coached up at Dean College. Equipped with exclusive academic partnerships featuring the Patriots, Revolution, Providence Bruins, Summer Baseball, and more, our classrooms are set up for success by learning directly from the pros. Dean College has programs in communications, sports management, business, and marketing with unprecedented hands-on experiences. Our students take what they learn in the classroom and put it right to work in the marketplace. At Dean College, our students don't just play games, we run them. Visit us at dean.edu. There's no season better than football season. And there's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy sports partner of the New England Patriots. To add to the thrill, DraftKings has millions of dollars in prizes up for grabs every week. So head to the app now and check it out. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy football is easy to play. Just pick nine players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for yards, touchdowns, receptions, and so much more. There's no better way to put your football knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at $1 million in total prizes. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week. That's promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. In sports, if you think joy only happens after you win, think again. Look at the world's most successful athletes like Serena Williams, Brooks Kepka, and Alex Morgan. They don't spend all their days grinding away. They take time to enjoy themselves, like getting together with friends over a Michelob Ultra, because they know that happiness is the key to winning and that joy is the whole game, not just the end game. Michelob Ultra, 95 calories, 2.6 grams of carbs. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. AB Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. How did Verizon build the fastest 5G in the world? We started by building it right with 5G Ultra Wideband. Then we gave it massive capacity and near zero lag. And it's not just fast, it's 25 times faster than today's 4G networks. This is 5G built right from the network more people rely on, only on Verizon. 5G Ultra Wideband available only in parts of select cities. Global claim based on open signal independent analysis. 25 times analysis by Ookla Speed Test Intelligence data Q2 2020. Patriot Place is the region's number one shopping, dining, and entertainment destination. Shop your favorites, including Vineyard Vines, Express, Olympia Sports, Petco, and more. Enjoy dining at one of our 19 restaurants, including Six String Grill and Stage, Scorpion Bar, and Bar Louie. And don't forget about the entertainment. Explore your inner artist at Muse Paint Bar, watch a movie at Showcase Cinema Deluxe, or grab a controller and start gaming at Helix Esports. For a complete directory listing, please visit patriot-place.com. The ruling on the field stands. We deliver jerseys, funny foam fingers, and everything you need for the game. But what you really get is so much more. FedEx delivery. Game day spirit. What we deliver by delivering. Some people are never content with simply being good. Not when they can be great. But it takes a big step to get there. In fact... It takes a leap of faith, a belief in what you're striving toward, and a willingness to make the commitment, day in and day out, to something bigger than yourself. Putnam is proud to partner with those who share their own commitment to performance excellence. This is Matt Light for Putnam Investments. 
a world of investing. And now, great moments in history. And I lost. Right. Like, well, you so- don't exactly predict it properly if if you're wrong. If you if you think they're going to win by two touchdowns and they win by two touchdowns the whole game. Yeah. No, it kind of unfolded the way everybody thought it would. But if it was properly and then you were wrong, it's not proper, you know? You're, just, you're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. This is why I don't bet. There's only one stat that counts. Exactly. And this is why I don't gamble. This is exactly why I don't gamble. Because uh, you get it right and you can still lose. Because, well, because, because you didn't game, get it right. The yeah. games are played. All right, so, did I, so I got it right then. Hold on, Aaron. So I got it okay. right then, right? Did you win or lose? I won. Then you got it they right. They covered. But if you lost, they covered. then you got it wrong. They, but, but, but just as easily, they could have gotten a yard and I wouldn't have covered. Aaron, what's <laughs> up? That's why you don't gamble. That's why I oh, do not gamble. Megan's yeah. trying not to agree with Paul. This is a Capello. concerted effort. Not this to... is a Capello argument. Oh, you just you got, got it wrong. wrong. Just say it. You got it wrong. But I, but I didn't Admit. get it wrong. You were rubbish. That's another great moment from all right, back here on Patriots Unfiltered, 855-PATS-500 is the Ace Ticket Hotline. Web radio at Patriots.com is the email address. And we got a lot of emails. Yeah. You know, a lot of emails. Read well, some. People are, you could read some of them. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that. Um, it's Deuce, it's Alex, it's Paul, it's me, it's Matt in the booth. Uh, and Travis in West Virginia writes in, Why do the fans and the media feel that the players and coaches owe them a level of transparency similar to that of an elected official? This is sports, not government. When the media asks Bill Belichick why he's doing things the way he's doing them as relates to the play calling, I think his answer should be none of your business. Tell me why I'm wrong. That'd, P- be, that'd be a better answer than the one he's giving. P.S. I once saw Ben Roethlisberger get carted off the field and return to play in the same game. Oh, special, I think this huh? should be illegal. <laughs> that, cool guy, story, Hansel. that guy lived in a boot. I mean, <laughs> uh, Yeah, and that, he's the poster child for exactly what I'm talking about. I can't say the word on the air, but yeah, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Um, Terrence Mitchell. Yeah. Another uh, reported uh, <laughs> reported reported Terrence. release. I think it's an interesting one. I think he was a guy for me that was right on the bubble with like Wade, some of those uh, safeties. So I, I, I don't nothing against Terrence Mitchell, but I just like that we might be leaning more towards guys you drafted or guys you young guys, Wade and the Jones boys and, you know, no, no offense to him, but I think just the sooner you start, you know, it's the Paul thing. Get these young guys some experience. Get them out there. If Wade's legit and, and has might be a chance to He's not. be better. So, oh, all right. Never mind that. What, what's the number? <laughs> what's the number of cuts we have to make? I think it was 27. 27? So we're down probably 25 now. That's a lot. Yeah. yeah. 25 more. Yeah, well, it's every other team, too, because you're, you're right at 80. I'm you just have to saying get it's a lot. 53. Because sometimes in the past, like, the Patriots have cut guys early. So that by the time you get to cut day, it's like you need 10. Yeah, you know. Well, that's, I, I thought yesterday when we went out to practice that there'd be some guys missing, but that they had the whole the whole kit and caboodle yeah. out there. Yeah, I mean, you're going to keep those guys through the third preseason game. Yeah, you know, you're going to have close to the roster limit at that third preseason game because you want to make sure that you have guys to play. Yeah, yeah. And there's nothing like releasing veterans a little bit early to get them a jump on stuff. Yeah, at and this I point, think really, I think they do it a little differently now too with those those cuts or you know the eighty. You know, I think it goes, what, 90 to 85 and then 80, right, yeah. two weeks ago? Yeah. So I think it's a little bit of a different timeline. It used to be you had to go from, I think it was 80 to 75, but late. And then the very next week, like, it, after you know, the fourth game, then it's like right Then you after. had to go. And I think sometimes that first five guys that got cut would be guys like Terrence Mitchell. You know, Have a veteran chance. guy, you've been around the league, give you a chance to hook on somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Trent writes in, um, thanks for another great off season of donut debates, TV talk, and of course, more soap with a slot. (laughs) 
Uh, with teams making their cuts today, I was wondering if you can remember a player who was cut from their team, signed with New England, and then made an immediate impact. Cut from their team and then signed with us and made an immediate impact. Well, I can't. I can't remember sp- like some specifics, but there have been guys that they've signed and made. They made immediate impact, like Jabari Gaffney, Mike Cloud, yeah, uh, Brian Cox. Well. He, they signed him like during camp, it was, right? It was, it was a late camp signing. Yeah. But I'm talking about. He, I think he's talking about now. Okay, like right of last cut. Um, you know, Danny Woodhead. He uh, got cut from the Jets, right? Was there a guard, Brian? No, Brian. What's his face? Brian, oh yeah, from Kansas City. Yeah, that wasn't one, was Brian it? He wasn't Waters. Cut, yeah. was he? I forget how they got him. I think he might have gotten cut. Yeah, I, I thought he, he was a guy been. who was retiring, and we oh, talked he, him out of retirement. Something weird about him. But we uh, like that he was supposedly coming back constantly for us. But I think uh, we originally got him. Like okay. That. And then uh, what about the the Cardinals? Uh, Adrian, what's his face? The safety, the big, big safety. Did wasn't he? He never made it. He never made he got it. Cut. Right. But see, those guys are just guys you sign as free agents. Yeah. I'm thinking that I, I'm thinking, not sure. The emailer is looking for someone that if he gets cut today, the Patriots sign. Right. Thursday, and he plays a huge role right. on like next, if ter- next Sunday. He's talking about like if Mitchell signed with yeah. another team and made an impact. That's you know. I mean, it's a huge indictment if a player does that of the team that released him that he could go to another team, or at well, least it would say. Well, not always. That, like, I mean, maybe you're really was deep as hell at that position, and you know. Yeah, I could see like. Oh wait, who is it an indictment on? Well, kind of both teams a little bit. Yeah, the I team see, that I think it's and the, the team yeah. that has. A, I think it's has more the indictment on the a, team that gets the guy. Yeah, that he can actually step in. Like and play, he didn't have anybody, and this guy just came off the street, and he was better than anything you had. Like that's tough. Um, also, looking ahead, I'm going to the game December 12th in Arizona. I'm looking for tips on places to stay. Any recommendations are appreciated. Well, I mean, it's a, a lot of places. I mean. I know for the Super Bowl, we stayed at that place in Scottsdale. The, the Kierland Resort? Is yeah, that Kirkland? Was it something like that? Something it was like Kierland. That? Yeah, that place was beautiful. Thought I no. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure it's a pretty penny, too. But, yeah. you know, it's got all the amenities. Golf, and the, pool. Uh, we, we, spent, so we stayed at a couple of different Pond. places there that were, that were beautiful. One of them was like that, what was that like ranch kind of a place? Oh, the for Wild the Super Bowl. Horse Pass or yeah, something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was in the, literally in the middle of the desert. That like, was nice, though. Like a dude ranch or something? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. There was a – there was a um, – Go out on the horses? There was, like, uh, on the property, like, this western town that, like, you could rent out. Oh, that's, like they had a big party there. Oh. Yeah. oh, I remember that. We yeah. had the uh, the welcome party there. Yeah. Yeah. And do yeah. you believe Arizona? Yeah. It rained. That not like and it was like all muddy walking around like Arizona. Arizona. Like what are the odds? Yeah, range in Vegas too. I was like I've never seen this before. Well, you guys were there. It's still too hot to be outside. <laughs> hot rain. I just remember uh, the night of after you know Patriots win and you have the party at the hotel, um, and you have to have tickets to get into the party, and it, it was you know like there were guard shack and all that. People just walking like zombies through the desert oh, to get to this, this thing yeah. and like like i'm thinking where are you coming from there's nowhere like there's you must no, have parked like miles there's away no there there and yeah. walk through yeah. the desert at night like yeah. with rattlesnakes and scorpions and it like, was like me after that patriots practice on tuesday i just wandered into the desert and, <laughs> and called us <laughs> tumbleweeds going by speaking of the desert i finished uh better call saul hmm? uh the whole thing i i'm really good thumbs up really good yeah for those people who are into that. Anybody doing uh, the new Game of Thrones? I haven't watched it yet. I will. 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Will and his boys. Yeah, I don't know if I'm, I don't know, Maddie. I don't know about this one yet. You don't Not like to it? No. I think I think what I'm realizing is what I like most about the first game of Thrones. You don't like it either? Was the I love it. Impending oh. battles of the zomb, you know, the the White Walkers and you know, drag, you know, and it was all these different pieces and you just felt like everything's going to build to a crescendo and there's going to be a huge fight and a variety of fronts. And this one just feels more to me like political intrigue and a power struggle and I I don't I mean there are dragons. But I think I like the social. I think I like the, definitely the, the Phantom Menace of Game of Thrones. Yeah, I like the fantasy element of a little uh-huh. bit more, and the and, and the wall, and going up into the north, and all that kind of stuff. So I don't. Know, we'll see. I, I I'm only two ups in, so or half of the second episode. Even. But he's two episodes in. Yeah, yeah it's only, only right. been two. Oh right, forgot. Uh, Russell in Arkansas. How active do you think we'll be in bringing in the trade market today? How annoying is it when someone on Twitter says some kind of big news like, breaking news, a Julian Edelman return to the Patriots is a real possibility per sources. Also, did you guys see that the Patriots apparently called the Vikings about Alexander Madison per sources? I I was just looking it up because I thought Bill had some interesting kind of like in the press conference yesterday kind of mentioned like, you know, teams would be calling and maybe there'd be something there. I I mean, I'm sure that there always is, but I just thought it was interesting that he highlighted it. Uh, Harvey Longy. According to Mike Reese. He's no longer. He's another one. He's yeah. no longer on the Patriots. Patriots have informed Harvey Longy of their intention to release him. Good sign so for Jelani Tavai. There's three. Um, Peter is in Bournemouth, UK. With Jimmy's new amended contract at the 49ers, do you think this could entice a team or even the Patriots to trade for him? Maybe a sixth or seventh round pick. Would you be for him if he's available? No, and I don't think the Patriots would be interested in him, and I don't think you get in Garoppolo for a seventh round pick. Yeah. But yes, I do think he's more tradable with. Yeah, his I, I don't, I don't. At this point, I don't want him. You no, know, you decided you're going forward right. with Matt that, Jones. That, that's right. I don't, I don't need to complicate the situation. You know, no. if I get Jimmy, it's because I got a problem and I need him to play. You know. And I feel like you need every draft pick at this point because you need to continue to feed the. Like, lower am I end wrong on that? Like, is Jimmy Garoppolo going to be had for a sixth or seventh round pick? No. Like, I think th- you'd have to give up. I mean, I, I mean, anything more than a sixth or seventh is something the Patriots, I think, need at this point. Yeah, I don't. Know. I can't see it. Um, let's see. Philip writes in um, from Rio de Janeiro and then from Paris, so he's been around. I'm very, very concerned about our record this season. After the Raiders lost to finish a very worrisome preseason, I'm under the impression that Bill did the complete opposite of what he preaches, stacking bad days and decisions. He gave away Marcus Cannon, had a con- I think he meant Shaq, Shaq Mason, Mason. Yeah. had a controversial, to say the least, draft, managed the coaching staff situation poorly, underestimated the difficulty of transitioning to an allegedly simpler scheme, had no significant addition via free agency. I don't know. Parker's pretty good. Failed to construct an adequate environment to help Mac Jones and ran a concerning training camp in terms of performance and discipline with all the fights. Do you guys agree with these points? Is it an overreaction? I'd love to hear your opinion on that. And also to the following question, going into the season, do you feel better about the 2020, 2021, or 2022 season? better i don't i mean I, of the last three seasons which are you more optimistic go, about? heading into the season yeah. i think 20 because we thought cam newton might have a comeback right <laughs> i thought cam newton could have a comeback but that roster was not very good yeah. the last two years the roster has been better than it was that year yeah. wouldn't you say yeah i mean there's definitely been some turnover i probably felt 
going into last year about the defense with Hightower and Van Noy and you know eventually Collins. Like I felt probably last year better about that. But you had you still knew it was a rookie quarterback. You didn't know what you were going to get out of him. So I don't know. I mean, everything you, you you frame it that way, it's it's the most negative way to look at every single you know solitary aspect of it's a great the Patriots way to put offense. That. You know, like he was like, "Am I overreacting?" I'm like, "Yeah, probably." I mean, nothing that you said, I would say that's wrong. But how did you just put but it? That's the most negative the, way you could frame <laughs> every yeah, everything. He's looking at yeah. everything glass half full, Completely. half empty. You yeah. know, and but you know, I mean, I guess in, in from his point of view, that that is all true. But you know, I also do think that there is some truth that they're going to come out and they'll look more competent than we're expecting them to look. You know, like I don't, I don't think that this is the end all be all of preseasons. I just think everybody's hanging on every single thing that the team does, and you know, it's. It, there is some perspective, I think, that comes with preseason. But, look, I'm not giving them a pass. I'm just giving them a pass till next Sunday. Then we'll see how it looks. And then he might be right. He might <laughs> this be right. is going to be great. I can't wait for the post. It's going to be one game. <laughs> and then Mike's going to be like, that's it. I'm out. I quit. Either that or we're going all the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving them until next week. Yeah, there's no way it's going to look as bad um, in the regular season when they're game planning and yeah. and whatnot. You know, um, and, and, Drew Desjardins. Oh, mon dieu. There's four. Sorry, Drew. Um, not. Uh, I mean, <laughs> curious about Bledsoe. I mean, I think the safety group. That's. You know, are all those guys going to Cody Davis? You think Schooler's going to stay? All those guys, but I think Cody Davis and Schooler will be special teamers. I do. Uh, Neil in New Brunswick. I'm upset about so many things, but I've narrowed it down to one thing that impacts the most things. Matt Patricia. It's been documented that some players in the past hate playing for him. I get the vibe both Mac and O-Line don't like playing for him. What on earth were Bill and Robert Kraft thinking, making him a coach, and more so making him the offensive coordinator? If you're changing the offense anyway, then what would have been wrong with going out there and hiring an actual offensive coordinator? If this fails, Robert needs to tell Bill to change his ways or hang them up. This whole thing reeks of Bill Belichick arrogance, the same arrogance that led to we don't want Brady back because he's too old, Feels like Robert got that backwards. Should have kept Tom and let Bill walk. On hindsight, sorry for the rant, but I'm going off the deuce end. <laughs> <laughs> respect. I respect that. Uh, I mean, it's funny. I said to Paul upstairs, I feel like Matty P is like bending over backwards to be affable and friendly. That's a great point, and Mike. He just, he's, everything is a big smile. And, you know, even if he's not answering the questions, he's, he's doing it um, in a friendly type way. And, I mean, I, I don't really see the thing about – Players don't like them. I don't. I don't. I can't speak to that. I'm not sure what that is. Well, in, the Lions in didn't. To the Lions I, didn't I can't, like them, I can't but, speak to the Patriots. But you know, the, I mean, meanwhile, you got Deron Harmon like posing for a picture, like their best friends out in Vegas. When I, he was I, I here, the defensive players absolutely loved him. Yeah, I could tell you that. And so when, did everyone else and all the fans. Like he was the rocket scientist that could do no wrong. Oh, in a way. yeah. I don't know about the fans because I, I, I think well, the fans were a little upset would, that he wasn't aggressive enough defensively. Yeah, and I was with them. I was with them. So I mean, I can say. But the rocket scientist thing, I'm with Alex. Like that was like this cool thing that we like to like yeah. tweet about. But I, I I found it maddening at times that it felt like he was as far down the bend don't break conservative defense tackle well don't give up a big play and it'll all kind of work out in the end and then i mean it was just the contrast then when flores took over and you were like oh my god they've unleashed the dogs like yeah. we've been waiting for this um you know how will that translate to offense i don't know but i, I just i found maddie p incredibly likable and and i mean i and i also say like i don't 
I don't know if the coaches did him any favors with putting him like this. I mean, we're already talking about offensive line issues, that that could be the critical problem. He's the offensive line coach, and he's also got a coach to call the plays too. So I I get that criticism of, you know, as much as you – however you feel about Matty P, like even if you were on his side for a second, don't you you feel like he's being put in position to be successful this year? Because I feel like unless the offense is like – amazing top 10 he's got a hand in some kind of criticism whether it's the blocking the play calling mac jones's development any of that he's he he's all the guy in that so that's my only concern with this is that like he's gonna just kind of be the you know almost like the roger goodell of the nfl where it's like here you go go stab him it's yeah, all his fault the you know the scapegoat yeah. thank you i couldn't but find that there's word. it's i mean i feel like at least me personally like it really does start and stop with the o-line for me like how can we even know what the passing game or running game even looks like with how the offensive line has been? With like free runner, you know, free rushers coming in, like who, you know, like that's just it all starts up front. Now. I it's think a, it's everything. I don't know how anybody can watch anything that's happened on offense and be happy based on this. No, I think like, you just got to. I don't think they were runaway rushers on Friday night. I just think he just started running into people. That too. No, I, like, I, I think, think you got to pick somewhere. I think to it's start. a mess right I now. I think you got to pick somewhere to start. Oh, I think the you know, line and is that's the, where you start. I don't think there's any question. The line's the biggest problem. You know, get that square. They away. have issues right now. Gets you know, what's the real running game? I mean, Alex brought it up. Like, what's the real running game look like? All right, I mean, we know every single time. All right, wide zone. Let's give it a whirl. You know, it's it's, but it's stuff. more more impressive when they when they do the old stuff that they did, the power and the gap and all that. So, you know, you know they can do it. You know they know how to do it. I think there's still questions if Michael and when you fits this. You know what they're trying to do, and you know it's just I like I hate to put it this simply, but like even if they just like creased one of those wide zone runs during the preseason and like all of a sudden Damian Harris just you know was gone for like 60 yards that oh, oh, oh you know like maybe it's there I mean maybe it still is but there just was nothing to make you believe that that you know you're willing to give them some time to develop and adjust to a new system and okay I understand why you're doing it but there just wasn't a lot of progress being shown so we'll see our phones are stacking up uh let's empty them out uh we'll start with Kevin in Florida on the ace ticket hotline hey Kevin Kevin, how you doing? Good. Appreciate you taking my call. I just had a quick um, question or update that I wanted to throw in here. Just listen to you guys. I'll I'll drop off. Um, But just uh, Mike Reese, about 20 minutes ago, just reporting that uh, Terrence Mitchell's been informed that he'll be cut by deadline. Yes, we saw that. We talked about it. That's it. Okay. (laughs) Wow. Wait a minute. He just wanted to call and tell us that. To tell us that Mike Reese... Yeah. Talked about something we talked about. Yeah, that's all right. Don't don't get. You know. Oh, I no no I do. I was going to put a post up about it. I do. Uh, Scott and Wellesley. Hey Scott. Scott. The reason that that I get a little persnickety on those because yeah. those are the people that will say stop talking about donuts. Right. Uh, Scott, you, you there? Know, guys, w- oh, there he is. You know, guys, I wanted to talk about the team and the position we find ourselves in. Um, going to this year, and I was just curious, which which draft, I have two questions. Number one, which draft do you think will prove to be worse, um, 2019 or 2022? And oh, 19. my second question is about Matt Patricia. Yeah, I, I think 19. I mean, it's already proven itself. 19. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't, I mean, just based on what I saw in Tyquan Thornton and, and, and the Jones boys. I, yeah, I, I, like, I like the Jones now, boys a lot. Now, you know, which I've told you, Now, Scott. I think what Scott is well, getting Tyquan at. Thornton's I think, already out. Yeah, I, everyone, which, yeah. Which was predictable because he's too small. And what if Cole and Strange he, you know, can't too, play? Cole right. Strange you know, is a concern to me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. there's your one and two well, picks. Strange looked terrible in the Las Vegas game. I can't, you know, people, you know, the Rams laughed at the Patriots for picking him. 
he got he got beat like a drum in that game. I'm wondering if he's a bust as well. I mean, it's easy for everyone to say 2019 because uh, you know every single cut. guy except maybe <laughs> Damian Harrison Bailey are bust. Yeah, yeah. I think it's one but, thing to to bust on a wide receiver in the first round, or but when you bust on a guard in the like, if you pick a guard in the first round, you you've got a hit. Yeah. You've got a, This guy has to have a ten-year career in the NFL. Well, I just think that it's easy to say, the, you know, to Scott's point. I think what Scott's trying to say is, all the guys from nineteen. Now that you've had three years go by and most of them are gone, you know that they that's a bad draft. In twenty twenty-five, are we looking at like Marcus and Jack Jones are the only two guys still around, and the rest of them are gone? Then you might say this was yeah. just as bad of a draft as that. I don't think that'll be the case. I think Thornton can play, and I love. Um, especially Marcus Jones. Jack Jones, to me, his style, I think, is going to get him in trouble. Yeah. Marcus Jones uh, can flat-out play. He's, I think he's going to be a really good player. Thanks, Scott. Uh, let's go to Patty and Agawam. Hey, Patty. Hey, everybody. How are you today? Good. Uh, so, quick question on the offense, like everyone else today. Um, how long do you give it before they just start uh, give sort of scrap, maybe not Scrap, but put on the back burner the zone run and just move more towards like shotgun, spread them out, and and see what Matt can do to win them games. Yeah, week one. I mean, I think that's it. Like that's the only time they've looked like a semblance of what they had last year. And I think you saw it on the fourth drive against the Raiders that they spread guys out. You know, as long as Mac had some time, he was able to find guys that Aguilar on the crosser was like, hey, there's a Patriots kind of play. So I, I would expect that. And I would all. I'm also got my antenna up for RPO stuff. I think that's. One trick in the bag that we've seen a couple here and there, nothing extensive, but right now as they get into private practice, I think that's what they got to try to do. Yeah. Right and I think it's not a show. Yeah. <laughs> and starting tomorrow, whatever they're going to do in terms of the, how they're going to run, they got to that's it. It's there's no like we're going to do some of this and some of that. They got to be totally devoted to it for the next 2 weeks to get ready for Miami. Yeah. There's no more experimenting unless you feel okay, zone run is what we're going to do. Then you got to just do it. I just, I just refuse to believe that they're going to continue trying stuff that doesn't work. It doesn't mean that they're not going to try stuff that doesn't end up working. But I don't think that they're going to look at the stuff that was completely ineffective in the preseason and say, "We got no choice. We got to just, we have to try to zone run here." It's like they're not going to do that. I think they're going to put everything they have into winning the game. Every single play that goes into the plan, they're going to feel like we have confidence in it to run. Um, but you know, it's it's like every season. You you just don't know in that first couple weeks of the season. I have a question for Mike. Yes. Can I can I throw this out? Sure. Because mm-hmm. Mike, you remember these sorts of things better than I do because you look at the numbers. Then you know I don't care about them. <laughs> um, was was like under center play action a problem last year? I kind of remembered it as a strength. I don't. I couldn't tell you. I'm not oh, sure. See? I never did that. I this never is what did happened. That much of a deep dive. I effed up. I trusted you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, under center, not, not nothing interests me. But I mean, it's just you know, Mac was never really under center. Like I don't college. think it's a good thing that we have to say stop putting him under center. Just yeah. let him play. I don't think you can just do that. No, like, no, no. Let's just not do that because he can't do it. Like, and and I, in in Mac's defense, I don't remember that being a problem last year. No, and I, think I don't remember him struggling under center last year, but maybe maybe I, I'm not remembering. Correctly. Well, and I, don't, I mean, I don't want to make it sound like that. That's all it is. Oh, I that's, mean, that wasn't a shot at you. Yeah, that yeah. was a shot at like the vast majority of people that I, you hear with all the fixes. Yeah, I'm this sure is how that, you fix it. I'm sure that they'll be, um, you know, that, that that he'll be under center plenty. Um, you know, but it's just I think that they got to make sure that they get a couple drives where let's spread them out. Let's see how they match out. You mentioned Byron Jones is out. Let's see what matchup we get. I mean, at this point, you wish Thornton was out there because then you could even go further down the depth chart. But 
you know, let's see who we can get Jacoby Myers matched up on in, in third third down moments and, you know, keep the chains moving. So I, I still think, though, no matter all this talk about scheme and all that, it's just going to come down to kind of mistakes and be kind of the traditional first game of the season where, like last year, it was back and forth, fumble, they score, they win. It, you know, it's, it's, it's one or two plays. Thanks, Patty. Um, let's go to Tim in Florida. What's up? Oh, Tim gave up. Thanks, Hardy. Uh, how about Mike in Cincinnati? Mike. Hey, how's it going, fellas? Okay. Hey, hey. Um, with the with the um Terrence Mitchell cut, do you guys see Sean Sean Wade sliding in there? I think he might make the team. Him or Bledsoe? Yeah. I mean, I think that's where you're. I think he could make the team. Yeah. But I mean, you've really got at this point, you've got Mills, Jack Jones, Wade, and I guess Jonathan Jones as your outside corners. I mean, that's. That's it. I don't know. Are you going to go into the season really with three of those guys, three outside corners? That seems a little bit light to me. So um, I think he showed some promise. I'd, 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 I'd be all for it, keeping yeah. Wade. I mean, even with the Harvey Longy thing, it's like I feel like Paul right now. I'm like the more like guys who we've kind of seen what their ceiling is are out gives more yeah. opportunity. I, think, guys Wade, don't I think Wade is going to stay. I just don't think he's very good. There's a difference. And I understand, like, you take a guy in his second year over a guy in, with, with Mitchell, eighth or ninth year. Like that, I mean, I think that's a rational. Th- like, I don't think Terrence Mitchell yeah, was any great shakes girl. over Shane. If I thought Terrence Mitchell was demonstrably better than Sean Wade, I would say this is a money saving thing. I don't think that's it. I, I, I think those guys are similar. Yep. All right. No, uh, I'm looking forward to this divide cut. I, I think that's how you pronounce it. He's not going to get cut. <laughs> I don't like I shouldn't say that I don't think he's going to get cut my my opinion I don't think he'll get cut all right yeah you got to take care all right thanks Mike Mike in Cincinnati let's go to Joseph in Kentucky what's up Joseph what's going on guys hey hey I don't really have a question about the offense you know everybody's asking that question but who do you all think is going to have a huge impact on this season for the Patriots, um, well, I, I hope it's Parker. That's a great one. I mean, you brought him in because you thought he was better than what you had, and you know, and I think he's really good. So I hope he has a big impact. I, I'd maybe throw Aguilar in there. I just, yeah. but I think Parker's a good one just because he's an unknown quantity. And as I said, your unknown quantities have kind of dried up at this point or gotten injured. So, I, and now, of course, the biggest impact has to be Mac Jones. I mean, yeah, right. he's he's got to take that year two jump. Not a sophomore slump. Yeah. A year two jump. Okay, so we got some news. Uh, news. Bit of, Thanks, mean, Joe. A, you know, a bit of an eyebrow raiser. Not a stunner, but kind of surprising. Kevin Harris. Yeah. Tom Pelissero says uh, the Patriots are waving rookie sixth-round pick Kevin wow. Harris. All right. Yeah. Now, Ooh, my guess is he'll be back on the practice squad, but yeah. um, you can't. I thought he was better and more productive than Pierre Strong all summer. Yeah. Now, you made a point earlier, and we talked about it a lot at the postgame show. We had a couple of big plays in the game the other night both of which he didn't end up with the ball after the play. Right. You can't do that. Nope. So. That's what Vinny Sinceri said. Nope. Can't have it. But Pierre Strong, I think, is uh, those special teams, too, that he's got maybe some more special teams potential. That might be why you pick one or the other with them. But I agree with Paul. Didn't really see much out of either of them in the fumbles. Uh, Mike writes in, with all the negativity surrounding the offense, the defense isn't getting the credit it deserves. Or criticism. Last year... We couldn't stop the run at all, and through summer, the D-line has been stellar. New faces on the D-line, so where did this improvement come from? Actually, there's no new faces. I, really. th- I think that's what he meant. No new faces. Oh, no so new faces. So where fa- did this I, come okay, from? Okay, yeah. I think. 
Oh, no, you're right. Okay. He said no new faces. Oh, okay. Yep, I'm sorry. Um, sorry, Mike. I mean, I'd say I think Gotcha has been surprisingly good. Yeah. Um, you know, a number of, of plays. But I, I think it just goes back to Judon and, and Barmore kind of playing more effective. I throw Jennings in there, too. as a Like, they've been disruptive. Those kind of guys, I mean, but, you know, as Lawrence Guy or Dietrich Wise, are they playing at a new level? Not that, not that I The I've starters seen. played a couple of series against Carolina and were very good against P.J. Walker. The starters played a couple of series against the Raiders and were very bad against Jared Stidham. Like, I think all the criticism has been on offense, and no one's talked about the defense because the offense has been so alarming. I don't think the defense has been great. They had some good short yardage plays. Your boy, you mentioned earlier, Jeremiah Farms, back-to-back plays on third and fourth and like an inch. Big play, you know. But I'm going to guess that Jeremiah Farms is going to be one of these names that we're going to see soon, right? I, I don't think the defense has been great. It just But the thing is, good or bad, I don't know what I'm looking at yet. I don't know what I'm looking at yet. I That's a great point. I, you know? Right. And when you get to the regular season, the opposing offenses aren't going to know what they're looking at because they're going to start throwing all these weird packages out at them and stuff. So, right. I mean, I think that's an element of it. I, I mean, I, I, you know, I don't disagree with Paul. I mean, they were, you know, dominating the Patriots offense a lot of this, of, of this preseason too. But, I, I, again, I think that Judon, Barmore, Jennings, if those guys can be disruptive and win one-on-one matchups and even, you know, Uche too – then I think they have something. But as you're seeing with the secondary, like they don't have a lot of pieces in the back end. They don't have a lot of proven pieces. So it, yeah. it's got to come if down they to pressure don't, front. If they don't show significant improvement against the run, which I think the email is right. I think they have played better against the run. It, but if that doesn't carry over, they're in a lot of trouble because that secondary is going to have a really hard time. Were you surprised when Berman asked the question, Bill answered it, and the question was what – Unit? Do you feel most well? Well, he said, "What t- unit do you feel most for safeties?" Yeah, he also <laughs> led. The, he also led the witness. But yeah, to your point, Freddie, that's a question that, and I'm telling you unequivocally, a hundred percent, he would not have answered if anybody else yeah. asked it. Oh yeah, one of his boys needed to ask that. Right. If if Mike Reese asked that question. Uh, yeah, we'll see when we we'll get to the regular season. Yeah. It's hard to know you have we'll depth see, right see. now, but you're not really going to have depth when you get to the regular season. Yeah, anyway. yeah. <laughs> like, like, but Chris Berman came in, and he had a bow at the altar You know, from a guy who's boomer. Never, never mind. Uh, Miami and the Donuts, says Pete in Ottawa. <laughs> um, I just needed to chime in and give my two cents on the donut conversation. I totally disagree with the gentleman from Nova Scotia about Dunkin' Donuts. He stated that Tim Hortons was better. Duncan is 100 times better than crappy Tim Hortons. I do ha- have to say a hot donut from Krispy Kreme Ooh. is the best donut. Yeah, That's we almost, the goat, the we almost hit that cream. up in Vegas. But there you got to get them hot, there. right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, coming right out of then the Then they thing. melt in your mouth. I, that was another thing in Vegas where I'm like, it's too hot for donuts. I was like, oh, it'd be nice if I just picked up some donuts and like walk in with everybody. I thought the hotel room was freezing. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Go eat them there. Oh, yeah. No, I was with friends. Uh, Peter says, I'm, party. I'm currently in Fort <laughs> Lauderdale. I was here. You had no friends there. <laughs> he says, I'm currently in Fort Lauderdale and now finally understand when people talk about the heat down here at this time of year. I've been doing CrossFit uh, whilst down here, and the heat mixed with the humidity is terrible. I could not imagine what it would be like to play a football game. It will be tough for the Patriots to pull out a win. Why are you doing CrossFit in this heat? It seems like it, that's the worst possible thing to and do. Are you doing in it the outside? Heat. That's why I haven't been doing my CrossFit lately. Yeah, it's it's yeah. just the weather. I mean, you, you got to golf very, and drink very, very too. So. That's uh, tomorrow. Golf tomorrow. Oh. Yeah? Yeah. Where are you playing? Uh, Reedy Meadows. Reedy Meadows? Yes. Oh, where's that? Linfield. 
He's been playing uh, well. North Shore. How's the shoulder doing? Are you all right? Shoulder, we're going on five days without uh, any of that um, the numbing you pain. Prolotherapy? No. With Ted Johnson? No, I just kind of hoped it went away. Yeah. So far, it looked like that's working. Theragun getting in there? Theragun hasn't gotten in there in a yeah. while. Yeah. Uh, ben writes in from Dublin. Uh, it looks like Matt will be calling plays in the regular season. This requires a lot of brain power as you've got to think two steps ahead and read the opposing defense. Since Matt's brain is focused on this, is there someone else closely watching the O-line in the game to give them quick feedback on how to improve? I don't think it's possible to do both, even if you're a rocket scientist. <laughs> yes, David Andrews. He'll help. What about uh, Billy Yachts? Yeah, I think Billy Yates. 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 <laughs> Billy Yates, I think, will have to do a lot more than just be the assistant offensive line coach. Yeah, I think, I think I said it when I called in, but when I was on the sideline of the Raiders listening to Carm Brasillo talk to his guys, that was enlightening of just how much there is for an offensive line coach to, to feed to their guys and, and do. It just goes back to the point of Matty P. Is he in position to succeed? I, I think it's up again. It's, it's going to be tough for him this year to manage all of this different stuff, especially as it's going right now. Uh, ben in Chutter, or Chutters in Manchester. Uh, thanks again for all the offseason content you brought us. I've had the thought that Bill, the coach, is the reason I have hoped this team can game plan to win 10 games and still be relevant in December. But it's Bill, the GM, that gives me concerns. Uh, the poorly assembled coach and player rosters could go 4-13. and 13. Am I putting too much faith in him with the former and too much blame on him with the latter? Maybe. I mean, we'll find out. This is, I mean, every year it seems like it's a, a hard new test of, of this whole of this. Whole yeah, setup. I mean, it, like, if you don't like the roster, like, that's your, like, if your view is you don't like, you don't think there's enough talent, then I don't think you're putting too much on Bill. It's Bill's roster. He's the one that's responsible for acquiring players and deciding who stays and who goes. Right? Yeah. I mean, I don't think the roster is as in as bad a shape as, you know, how did you put it earlier? That's like the most negative way to frame yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think the roster is like Chicago right now. Well, like Jacksonville last year. That's yeah. the way that's kind of been – you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I don't think it's a three or four win roster. I think that they have enough pieces that if everything you've come to believe about this coaching staff and their ability to get guys to play, that, that there is a playoff team in there. If they all played together and they you know didn't make the stupid mistakes and, and they peaked at the end, like I, I can see it, but – Right now, it's hard to see because we just haven't seen it consistently for the first month of the season, of preseason. Just throwing it out there, do you need superstars to win it all or, you know, to go deep in the NFL on your team? Like, you know, I'm not saying loaded, but do you need on both sides of the ball one or two? I think generally, that, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think you do. I mean, I you know, it's... I just don't – I think the, the league's too good, especially after watching Devontae Adams and what a difference he makes in just in another world of athleticism that he is. Um, you know, as much as you want to say well, every once in a while there's going to be a scrappy team of underdogs that nobody's really that talented and they all just come together and they beat the Russians, you know, in 1980. <laughs> like, you know, like as much as you want that – It all comes that, back to hockey. As you always want that to be true in sports of like, well, you know, but it's it, this is the, the, the NFL. And, and I think without – you know, I mean, just look at the Patriots. I mean, yeah, you had Brady, but you also always had like a Gronk or an Edelman or a Hightower or just at the very – even if they aren't high-level superstar players, they're players that made big plays in big moments and were able to step up into that. But, I, I you know, I just – I think that's where it started. I just always felt, yeah, Brady, Gronk, and Edelman, who knows? You're, you're going to probably go to the AFC Championship. But if it's just Brady – 
But, you know, like when you look at it, you know, and of course Brady, Moss, Gronk, you know, those guys, they're superstars. But, you know, guys that early we remember who made the plays, Vrabel and Brewski, they weren't superstars. But this is what my feeling is, yeah, if you don't have a quarterback, you better have a lot of superstars. If you have a, a superstar quarterback, then you don't need as many of them. But I don't see how you can get by without a great quarterback nor, like, star edge rusher, like, wide receiver, corner, someone that stands out and makes plays above all else. Right. You have to have something. And right. it just sets the tone for kind of everyone else. Like, yeah. Raises the bar. To, yeah. yeah. Well, who are, like, some of the least talented Super Bowl champs of, of the last, you know, few? I mean, it's, I think just to throw it out there because I'm familiar with it, like, the Giants, like, even if those Giants teams didn't like, have, like, a star quarterback, like, ju- the way Justin Tuck and Michael Strahan played in those stars. games were superstars. Well, I mean, Michael Strahan is a Hall of Fame. You don't even like all-time league sacker. But you know, at the end of the season, he they was, had a good line. But, defensive but they line. had players yeah. that were playing like superstars in that game, even if you know maybe they weren't. Superstars and even then, I would also say like prob- that's probably a good pick for some of the lesser talented Super Bowl winners, and they were a little lucky. Let's face it; no yeah. one thought they were going to the Super Bowl before the playoffs started. Now, in the playoffs, they were great. They played great in the playoff games, and they deserve to win the Super Bowl. But I don't think anybody would have said they're going to go to Green Bay and beat Green Bay that year. Should Tom eventually should Tom Coughlin go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Um, I think so. Yeah, I mean, because I, I, so. I think you have to look at what he did in Jacksonville. Yeah, I, that's I, was I was just going to say, like in one or t- first or second year, they yeah. got to the uh, and he built a. Gr- I mean, he was final. and he was the complete architect of yep. that organization right. from, from the ground up. Yep. Yeah. And not only, like, yeah, okay, they made a little bit of a fluky run to the AFC Championship, but then they were, like, 14-2, and two and, they, and they, didn't, they couldn't quite get there. And then, you know, what he did with the Giants. And then didn't he go back to Jacksonville, right? Yeah. And get them to the AFC Championship. And, again, they probably should have won here. Yeah. Right. You know, they blew a 10-point lead I in the think fourth he, quarter. I think he's probably one of the most underrated coaches in the last 30 years. I saw a little bit of a funny thing with him and Eli, and Eli was like breaking down Tom Coughlin's player tape on like they were sitting like do a film session. He's like, Coach, I've seen you break down a bunch of my film, and then you know it's like this old like whatever it is, nineteen fifties footage of like Tom oh, Coughlin really? playing, and, and Eli's kind of you know busting his chops a little bit. It was kind of it was kind of funny. Uh, speaking of the Hall of Fame, Robert Kraft didn't get in. Don Coryell did, which a, a travesty. Did you talk just to Aaron? A about, did you talk to Aaron about this? No, but uh, don't just a travesty. Don't. You know. <laughs> That morning, I think it was the first morning we were in Vegas when it Guess came out. Guess who didn't get in? <laughs> well, I, I'm there. I'm in like my wake-up grace period. I don't really want to talk to anybody. Well, he's got a case. Dan Reeves over Coriel every day, you know, seven days a week and twice on Sunday. Yeah. Not oh, for, he, Aaron, Aaron, Aaron came in hot. Over Don Coriel? Don Coriel. He, he's got a, a sub-500 record, never won a playoff game. He does not have a sub-500. Yes, he does. No, he doesn't. Never won a playoff game. He never won a playoff game. He does not have a sub-500 record, and he is basically the architect of the modern passing game. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, then Weeb Eubank should be in because Joe Namath was thrown for 400 yards before anybody was. 4,000. 4,000 yards. Yeah, I'm talking about in a game. Paul's going to the stats. I, I got I to gotta see what the record was. That, but that was, what, that was what I got hit with Aaron. I mean, he felt the same way you did. At like 7 in the morning, I'm just sitting there enjoying well, my coffee. Well, if you're comparing Dan Reeves to Coriel, oh. Dan Reeves gets in. He was hot. Aaron's he was hot. Day was just ruined. He was hot. And then the funny part was he gave it to me in the uh, morning. We knew Bank a- is in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> is he? <laughs> then in the afternoon, he <laughs> found me again <laughs> and gave me be. the same exact message. <laughs> I'll say the same thing about he shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> 
Strike that. Yeah. <laughs> he, he shouldn't be in. Neither should Don Coriel. Dad is. Uh, I mean, I, I I don't know what his record was. I do know his offense was. Um, you know, was pretty pretty famous. Like he took what Sid Gilman. Yeah. Sid Gilman is largely considered the architect of like the passing game. What Don Coriel did in San Diego was something that was like stolen and emulated for thirty years. Like I I don't I don't know who Hall of Famer is and who is, and I'm not talking about Hall of Fame, but like to just sit there and say that Dan Reeves, who coached a couple of good not great teams, is a better. You know, this guy innovated this guy changed the game you know like I, to me that's i i in my opinion only I, I much more impressive aaron i don't agree with him so just for that in case he's listening <laughs> he gave it to me twice though <laughs> uh oka in tampa let's just say the team goes four and 13 five and 12 uh by the way uh coriel's record is 195 and 111 oh, i'm sorry 111 in 83 so Yep. What, 20 games, 30 games over 500? Did he ever win a playoff game? Playoffs. Playoffs? He is 9-3 and three in the playoffs. Oh, he was? Oh, wait, nope, sorry, 3-6. and six. Nope. Oh, there you go. 3-6 three three and six three and six in the playoffs. In the playoffs. I keep looking at the wrong – I keep looking at the total <laughs> games. They need to redo the website, I think. <laughs> it, it throws me off. What the football reference? Yeah, the grids and all the numbers. Oh, I just my yeah, but eyes the nerds love that. Over. They love that. Oh, just tables. <laughs> I need it to be like at least color coded by row. Yeah. Tables. Well, tables. We got, we got tables. This looks smart. It's an Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> oh, axis. Um, yeah, he's thirty. I mean, he's twenty-eight games over five hundred. That's not a terrible record. Yeah. I mean, it's not like a great record. I'm not going to one hundred and eleven. So it's like uh, wins. It's not Dan a great Fouts, record, but Dan Fouts, Kellen Winslow. Yeah, this is and, and he complete like he was the guy who said we're going to put three receivers on the field and one running back. No one did that. Do you know what? Like these, are, like it's innovative what he did. That that's all I'm saying. Like in terms of contributions to the game. Yeah. Like, are you going to put Don Coriel among like the greatest twenty coaches ever? Probably not. I wouldn't. Yeah. But I, I think he changed the game. So do what they did for Bill, like when he had that game plan again in the Super yeah, put Bowl. His offense put in his offensive thing enough. in the in the you know. Okay. You know. All right. Yeah. Be a good question for Bill, though. I'm sure he he's got some uh, insight about that offense. And, oh, I'm and, sure and he the does. Impact it does. Yeah. That's had. Anyway, like Bill talk, talks about the two tight ends they did in Detroit. Mm-hmm. That never really, no one ever really did. Yeah. Uh, Oka and Tampa, let's just say the team goes 4-13 and or 5-12 and and Mac looks lost the whole season and the team gets a top 7-10 to 10 pick. You have the opportunity to get the second or third best quarterback in the draft. Do you draft a quarterback or do you go tackle or cornerback? I personally would go with a new quarterback given that the rookie quarterback has either a big arm or who is a real dual threat quarterback. But that's just me. What are your thoughts? So he's really bad. He had a bad season. Like, he's just bad. He looks bad. He looks lost, he said. And you're not blaming it on the coaches, I guess? Yeah. It'd be hard. I'd, I'd really need hard. to see who the player is, who the other quarterback is, um, and, and what, you're, what you would be picking him over. Because at this point, if there's a stud left tackle available like there, I mean, I know Paul would probably wouldn't go top five. That would, that would probably – Oh, no, would that's you go where, top tackle there? Like, if you had a tackle that was like uh, Rashawn Slater – Protect him. You know, someone like that, like, I don't think that would be a terrible move, but yeah. not a guard. 
Like, not a guard that I can get the same caliber player four rounds later. Yeah. Like, tackle, if you're you're completely sure, you have to be sure. Like, the kid from Carolina looks terrible. Yeah. Right? Aquanu. And he was like the seventh. I think Evan Neal's been great either. He was like the seventh pick of the draft. Yeah, that's. Like, I I need him to be like a stud left tackle. Is Coco Goff still in? She won in straight sets, I believe, last night. Good. Good. I like how um, Fred has these side conversations with me, <laughs> thinking that I'll know all of the different tennis players. You're up on it. You know, you're, you're right there. I just well, Coco Goff, I know, but I don't like. He was talking about some woman from Canada that I never heard of. Well, before. she was playing last night. I don't know who that is. Fernan- uh, Fernandez. Yeah, I don't know who Mary that Joe? is. No. Oh. Um, long since retired. Cody in Indiana. I have Cody. something between an intake development and a conspiracy theory to float by you guys. We love this. We love, you know, this. If you recall, in the first game, Patricia relayed the plays while Hoyer was in the game. Then, when Zappi went in, Joe Judge was relaying the plays. Is there any possibility that Brian Hoyer was actually calling the plays when Zappi was in? And that's why Bill never admits that Matt is calling the plays because he isn't. Next press conference, I suggest asking Bill if the hoister is the real mastermind. Deuce, get on it. I don't know about calling the plays, but it's pretty common in the past to have backup quarterbacks signaling the plays, right? Like maybe not entirely. I always think those are dummy signals, but Mm -hmm. I don't know for sure. But I can tell you that Brian Hoyer has no interest whatsoever in coaching, according to a source. Well, we'll take your word for that. We're going to continue to pound that narrative (laughs) that he should be a coach. Um. Let's see. Matt Morell writes in. Morell. Uh, he wants to know what was the best sign from a homeless person you saw on the strip. Mine was ninjas kidnap my wife. Need money for karate lessons. Oh, yeah. I I, d- I didn't notice any. Uh, I didn't. It was just the the scantily clad uh, people. I was here with you, guy. <laughs> it was too hot for homeless. <laughs> <laughs> it was. I there were there was too uh, hot for the homeless. There were like two people just lying in front of the Bellagio on the street, like kind of in a cuddle, like just lying, like it was they were in their bed at their That's house, cute. like just cuddling. Yeah, that was. I didn't see any signs though. Oh, that didn't look hard enough. That place is wild. Oh, it is. It's just wild. Um, Dylan from Tampa Bay, any updates on Jacoby Myers, and what are your thoughts on Tyler Johnson if Myers can't go? I always like Tyler Johnson. Isn't Myers? Was Myers? He was out there, yeah. he, but he had a, a sleeve on his on his leg. Um, didn't really notice anything, but I think it's something to, to definitely look at. He's been he's been their their most consistent receiver. Uh, let's see, Aaron in North Carolina, longtime listener, first time emailer. Uh, he's been listening to 2013. As week one eerily creeps closer, I feel I can speak for a majority of fans at the moment. I have a sense of uncertainty amongst all aspects of the team. Is this really our offense? Can we force a punt? What are we? Everyone relax, he says. Of course, we would love the bliss of knowing we will dominate the league or at least force punts and move the ball at will. This team is just a different team from those of years past. I am by no means saying that Belichick has something up his sleeve. He's the master of deception. All of us fans have heard the camp reports and seen the preseason struggles. I think this team is struggling with the pressures of past success and is searching outside the shadows. I'm hoping to see growth in all areas with the goal of building a platform for years to come. It might not be pretty, but this league isn't easy. I can't help but trust Bill and Robert. They've earned it. 
Okay. I like some of that. I mean, I like the, you know, I like the idea of building a platform. I mean, I think that sounds about right. You know, if, if you are really resetting the offense this year, then just goes back to at the end of the season, let's see it start to click. Let's see these things that they're trying to do, simplify, make things easier, play faster. Let's see those things come to fruition. And if they do, I think you'll have a season where, all right, they're starting to build back up again. But, you know, if it fades down the stretch again, if it doesn't come together, they're, they're in a tough spot. What was your, your uh, line, your phraseology about the um – Overly negative way to frame everything. It's looking at the most negative way on yeah. everything. That's the most positive way to frame <laughs> yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, D writes in Dylan with how some fans are kind of down and out on the season. How do you see the Patriots panning out? As for Week One, what do the Patriots need to do to give them a win or to hold a hopeful late lead in Miami with players to make play? Which players will make the plays? Well, you're going to need – I mean, it's not with the obvious. Mac Jones has got to play yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. And like Deuce has been saying over and over, no mistakes. Yeah, it's a mistake. I mean, even last year, it was mistakes early that hurt them. And then they kind of – you know, they played lesser teams, but they stopped making those dumb penalties, turning the ball over, and they started winning. Yeah. I think that's you – know, I don't want to oversimplify it because I think that they do have an uphill climb in terms of – you know, stringing together consistent drives and having play because you just haven't done it in the in the preseason. Like I, I don't know if that's something you just pick up and you get to the regular season where you have consistent execution. I expect the execution to still be spotty, but I think they'll have a chance if they just don't make the super dumb turnovers and you know blown assignments and you know getting the quarterback lit up and tackle for loss. Like you know, just play a solid game and see where it is in the fourth quarter. I think they'll need to, to force turnovers too. I think yeah. I, I don't think the rest of it is enough. I think they have to force turnovers. That's what they. I mean, I think they had thirty-one forced turnovers last year. Something ridiculous. I mean, that that was a high number, and I think they're going to need to do some of that again. Or your lack of punts will be a problem. Arlington, oh my boy, Arlington Hambright. Hambright, I barely knew you. Had a promising start. I thought he was kind of down. You know, one more person I just want to mention before we wrap up is, like, I, I'm just going to go on record saying I don't get why everyone's all up about Cody Rusi. I haven't really seen anything from him all summer, and for some reason people Who's continue up on to. Who's who, who, I, I, I've seen Reese. Nice. What I, silo are you no, getting this no, noise I, I've from? I've seen it at a few different places of, uh, oh, he's starting to come on a little bit. I'm like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. So I, maybe he'll make the team, but I, I, that's one where I – I haven't seen it all summer. I don't know what, what people are talking about without him. No. Yeah, I thought Hambright was getting an opportunity. I thought his opportunities sort of uh, waned as camp continued, which told me that they thought he was probably just average. Yeah. Uh, he didn't. That was fi- I finally had one that wasn't on my roster. <laughs> I have three guys already <laughs> that are out. This uh, is one of my worst roster projections five. ever. Uh, Jake in Chicago. Um, coming in for the game, staying in Boston. This is October 9th, he says. How do we get to the game? Best way. Anything Drive. to check out in Boston and Foxborough? First time coming in town. Well, there is a train Trying. from Boston, I think at least yeah. from South Station. Yeah, you'll be on a little bit of a schedule, though, having to you know, get in and get out. Maybe not quite as much time down here as you might like. But I think it's if you're renting a car, it's worth it driving. It's worth coming down early and, and checking out the hall and all that kind of stuff. Jeez, Brady looks skinny. Yep. Doesn't he? Yep. Just take uh, Route One South, and uh, it's only one way in and one way out. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, but there's plenty of parking. It's fifty bucks, so be prepared for that. Uh, but you know, it's not like they're going to run out of spots when you get here, so you can do that. Or, you know, if you just want to just drink all day, then take the train. Yeah, take the train. I think um, Uber is a pain. 
Like you don't get, you get dropped off like a, a long way away from the stadium. You do, I and they're do. just so like sparse in the city now. Yeah, it's like you, there's not an Uber ride that's less than like forty dollars. Well, well, that that also reminds me of another Las Vegas thing. Like I guess there is an Uber shortage in Boston, not in Las Vegas. That's like, like prime. Everything's a minute away. For Uber yeah. drivers yeah. out there. I even got picked up in a Tesla. Oh, yeah. I mean, wow. Was anyone even driving? It was just on autopilot. Well, I was going to ask him, but that didn't wanna, <laughs> I, I didn't want to suggest it because he might throw it into it I was in Buffalo once, and every Uber I took was an F-250. <laughs> like, what? Really? Yeah. Like, you had to, like, climb a up A giant it. truck with a step that, like, probably run on diesel. <laughs> I was like, how is this efficient? That's random. Right. You're, you're, it's like, Buffalo. You really have to pay, get paid a lot yeah, to make up just for the gas yeah. you're spending. Hey, plus, yeah. you only fit, like, what, two people in the car? <laughs> it was the Hockey National Championship a couple years ago, so mm. I'm, maybe he just decided to Uber that night, oh. that weekend. Don't blame him. It's a good night. All right. Well, listen, um, that'll be it for this show, but we will be back on Thursday next week is when we start our in-season schedule. What's that? <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> it's Bridgestone. <laughs> I have to read this. And, and, and there's a there's a there's a post-it on it that says early in show. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you remind me? Because he forgot. Oh. It says early in show right in front of me. Anyway, uh, yeah. Oh, playbook tomorrow. Great. There's a lot of news at the end here. We're packing it's all like, the. It's a stream of consciousness. We're packing all the news at the end. Uh, Bridgestone is the official tire of the New England Patriots, and it's a proud partner with Sullivan Tire, New England's headquarters for quality Bridgestone tires. Visit SullivanTire.com to find a location near you. I have Bridgestone tires on my car, and it's those run-flat tires. So if you get a puncture, it it keeps you know, inf- inflated for like did 50. Did you have an issue with that, though? I did. Yeah. The first w- round, of uh, I got a flat. Yeah. I had to get new ones. But uh, I'll take some br- new Bridgestones. Yeah. yeah. Everybody needs tires, like yeah. offensive linemen. Absolutely. So, all right. So Bridgestone tire. <laughs> it's now the official tire of the New England Patriots. That's awesome. And you can get them at Sullivan Tire. They're all over the place. Where all fine tires are sold. Yeah, there's one by me and Sandwich right down the street. All right. (laughs) We'll see you Thursday. Thank you for downloading this podcast. Subscribe on Apple, Google Play, and everywhere else you listen. Like the show? Please rate and review us. Listener comments and ratings help keep us high in the podcast rankings so new listeners can find us. Be sure to check Patriots.com for more news and more podcasts.